XM 105, Sirius 206, the Opie and Anthony Channel. The Ron and Fez Show starts right now. Our bodies 
It's the Ron and Flex Show. On a Monday, 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. Uh, yesterday, Hicks, I got up early in the morning, drove down to the Chesapeake Bay with my family. We had uh, four and a half uh, bushels of crabs. Oh, shit. And then I drove back to New York. <laughs> Damn. Now, normally you would only make a trip like that uh, for pussy or dope. So I don't know what, where my head was at. It was a crab run. <laughs> it really was. It was like being on uh, one, like just a 24-hour run of uh, crabs in Old Bay. Sounds good. Yeah. It's the, you know, 11 hours in the car that was annoying. And the, what, 14 major bridges oh, and Jesus. one block tunnel. Uh, but such is life. You in and you out. All right, 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. Uh, because of that, I have no idea what's going on in the world yet. Crack staff. That's right. Pips is on it. You and him are cool now after you <laughs> yeah. get red-assed on Friday? <laughs> everything is everything is fine. Pips, I don't know what he said to you, but I tried to chill him before he went in and talked to you. He said, hey, you don't want to be angry. You want him to learn. I, I get anger takes over my brain sometimes. I understand. Very reactionary. Well, just remember, you know, are you punishing to teach or are you punishing just because you're a sadistic bastard? I can't figure that out yet. <laughs> yeah. Still trying to learn which one. I think it's probably the latter at this point. <laughs> you're the only person I ever met that doesn't have kids and is still a bad dad. So that's <laughs> oh interesting. That's... You're like the worst dad that has no children. And by the way, you did it in front of the girl interns when I was trying to stop you. Oh, yeah. I even fucking realized you were still in the room. I was like, what the fuck? Yeah, I know. I just, I'm like, Hicks, wait, wait. Stormed off. Uh, 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. So, Chris Stanley, what's happening in your world? All right. Uh, over the weekend, Melky Cabrera, formerly of the Yankees, currently of the uh, San Francisco Giants, got banned for 50 games. Uh, high testosterone. They said it's a banned substance. But what came out in this investigation is... He tried to create a fake website for a fake product to blame on his high testosterone levels. Well, there's already been precedent that <laughs> if you accidentally take an over-the-counter uh, thing that you don't know could fuck up your thing. Yeah, you could appeal it. It's a much lesser thing. Like, you're still in trouble for that kind of thing, but they know that you're not going out of your way. It wasn't deliberate or anything. Now, to see that you made up a fake website... <laughs> Fucking hysterical. <laughs> Melky Cabrera should not be banned for this fucking alone. I think uh, the fact of that goes to show the crazy shit that you do when you're in trouble. Yeah, just going deeper and deeper down, just building a fucking house of lies. It's hysterical, man. Um, no different than Fred. And I <laughs> don't understand why HR doesn't understand. That's the, Melky Cabrera is the kind of guy that should be in baseball. Yeah, exactly. Come on, the guy wants to play. Uh, so they know how to look at websites and find out when they went on and track how many sales they have. Or maybe just do a Google search of this fucking industry <laughs> and see if I don't know, it really fucking exists or if you can actually order the product. It just started two days ago. <laughs> hey, Melky, I got this great idea. I know you just got banned for 50, but I know a guy who has a WordPress and he could fucking make a fucking website for you. It is oddly, and I'm sure baseball is going to be pissed at him. But oddly adorable. 
it's I think it's awesome, and I I, I think it's kind of I don't know. I you know it. how they say like kids don't lie. Yeah. I got this um, three year old in my family who, by the way, I know it's a problem. Spent the entire day torturing crabs, oh. uh, putting live crabs in trees. Oh, come on, treating them like cars and was like <laughs> scraping them around and stuff. Oh, it's crabs. Uh, but I I had it in the back of my head. I'm like at his age, if a crab were to hit the floor, I would have been on top of the table. This kid is like viciously into not being afraid, and like then he's also extremely quiet. But his dad has this classic car, and I watched this kid tear the front license plate off of it, and then looked at it laying down on the ground, and then kicked it under the car. (laughs) And I feel like that's what Melky did here. (laughs) If you fuck, hey. See, this is what annoys me about me. I'm just going to wrap in everything that happens today with what I did yesterday. Sorry. Uh, It is the best Sports story in a long, long time. This is just so goddamn hysterical. They get, they got. I mean, I, I don't know if they'll give him more fucking games now since because mm. he's got caught in this ridiculous fucking lie and trying to create a. Fake yeah, substance. I think that he's going to have more coming his way. The cover up is going to piss them off because <laughs> they've got to also say, "Look, here's how we deal with cover ups." Yeah, you're a liar. Even but worse. don't you think everybody in every dugout is laying on the fucking ground laughing of about course. this? league is fucking buzzing the gut here, man. They, how can they not be? There's always going to be someone who's better at the internet than you. You're never going to fool anyone. Well, better at the internet, anyone would be able to see this. If he was in high school, his mom would be able to look at this fucking thrown-together site. The, the number to call them is 555, Melky. Yeah. Come on. Melky, it's your cell phone. <laughs> yeah, this did not take... Uh, ex NSA guys to crack this fucking code. A fucking MLB intern probably figured <laughs> this one out and started laughing. <laughs> what the fuck is Melky doing? Um, all star MVP too. Well, sure, we all could if we were juiced up. Hell yeah, this guy's on a couple of cycles. Let's go over to Jenny. Jenny, you're on the Run and Fez show. Hi, Run and Fez. Hi, darling. Hi, I just have a comment for you. I just found your um, station here. I just got serious. And I'm in Wisconsin, my mom is sick, and I keep driving three hours each way back and forth to take care of her. And I have to tell you, this show keeps me fucking going. It is so hilarious. You guys are so funny. Thank God I found this. And also, no offense, but your little nephew or three-year-old kid sounds like a serial killer. In the we, they've already discussed it, and his mom <laughs> said to me, and I'm not making this up, we're already saving bail money for him. Oh, God. He. <laughs> now, listen to this. Well, because their dad is a hunter, him and his older brother, who also is fearless, but that kid's like six, and they're just redneck to the core. I mean, hair down their back, crazy talking, and they're always hunting, fishing, and all right. So his uncle was mad at him not too long ago and gave him some shit, gave him some shit, told him to stop doing stuff. And then finally, after because he barely ever talks, he comes back in, like didn't even say it immediately, like walked in the other room for a while, and then came back in and said like this, if you yell at me again, I'll cut your heart out. Oh, my and God. And, yeah, they said, he, they, that he's, this isn't That's like an scary. expression, because his dad is teaching him how to clean animals and stuff, so he understands cutting out hearts. Oh, 
something is really wrong here. They need to save not only for bail, but for a psychiatrist. Yeah, they're never going to do that. They don't care in that no, thing. They just feel like, like stay out in the woods and everything will be okay. This kid's going to be a mountain man. Both of them are, are like that. They, yeah, they really could. You could do a reality show about them. Like, um, their mother looked outside, because they have like a little farm and all. And she said she looked out, and there's her two boys, like three and six, just covered with blood. And the oh. one kid is holding up the heart, going, we got it. We oh, cut Jesus it out. Christ. They so, are screwed. Yeah. Screwed. It's a world so of their own making. Hey, you're yeah, a very good daughter to keep an eye on your mom, too. That's a very oh, sweet story. Thank God for you guys. You keep me going. This show is the best. I also visit. It's funny we're talking about bail. I visit my uncle in prison three hours away, too, and listen to this the whole way. I, I mean, I listen to, to you twice, and it just keeps me going. What's your, what's your uncle in for? Drunk driving. Yeah, that don't make you a bad person. Come on, that's just a bad break. It doesn't. you got to get the car home. He killed a couple of people. That's okay, that part of it gets a little worse. That's not good. That's more of a manslaughter yeah. than a drunk driving. Yeah, be honest. Right. You can't make the mistake. No, you can't. So it's 30 years now. So okay. Okay. Fuck. Yeah. All right. No, no. You guys are hilarious. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Take care of yourself now, Jenny. Bye-bye. You too. Damn, 30 she's years. Gonna, she's going to judge my crazy family. And this guy's fucking running people over left and right, pissed drunk. At least these kids focus on it and do it. <laughs> if they kill someone, they could carve them up. It'd be nice. I'll cut your heart out. <laughs> Fuck, man. All right. He said if that kid's in his house, he he locks his bedroom door before he sleeps. <laughs> and the kid is like a little Damien. But adorable. An adorable little Damien. They always are when they're Damien's. But who carries around like live crabs and they got the pinchers going and yeah. all? And they were holding it and trying to explain it to me. And I'm like, um, you should be uh, like one of those animal guys that goes on Letterman and tries to explain. <laughs> there you go. And then puts it on the desk and everybody yells. I'm going to freak you out, Dave. God, they're insane. They look like little kid rocks. That's pretty awesome, actually. Yeah, well, you know. Living life, that sounds great. And it's their own scene. I don't judge. That's the difference between me and you, Hicks. Yeah. I don't sit around. And act like, uh, you know, everyone else should be at the beer garden in Astoria. Maybe they should fucking be on a subway for once in their life. It could be a good experience. Mm, your experience is someday making over that Pulaski Bridge <laughs> and getting into Brooklyn. One day. Get out of this fucking Queens place. It's not even, it's not even a long bridge. I don't know what's keeping me from getting over there. It's pretty <laughs> Jump short. It. Pretty short. <laughs> uh, all right, Fez Watley, what's your big story today? Uh, this Osama bin Laden. Uh, oh yeah, he's crazy. Uh, you know what? We got to hunt that bastard down, kill him in his house, and then bury him at sea. We did. Oh, good. But All right, story done. But now, uh, weekend warriors can go and enjoy the same raid on Osama. There's a former Navy SEAL in Minnesota who has basically an Osama bin Laden fantasy camp, where you can go in there, reenact the raid on his compound. And shoot him with paintballs while he's wearing all kinds of protective gear. Right. And it just, to me, it just trivializes what this man did. Why would you want to play a game? Well, you're playing a game of, in the same way that you would play, like, Call of Duty. You're doing, like, a military game just to see what it'd be like to be part of a team like that. Well, I think you could do that without having to involve an actual murderer who's responsible for 3,000 deaths. 
I think it trivializes uh, everything. what the guy did. Yeah, I, I don't doubt that it trivializes, but, you know, they're just fucking around. I just want to light some it's it's up. nothing that should be fucked around with. Well, would you have a problem if it was a SWAT team thing to go in and, you know, act like you're shooting somebody? Because that's basically all this is. No, that would be fine. Regular paintball, I've got no problem with. But what I'm trying to say is you're reenacting what it's like to bum rush a thing. You're not playing paintball out in the, the woods. You're trying to figure out what it's like to be part of a SEAL team what you have to do to kind of interact with each other. And it's not un that unlike that Call of Duty. Love Call of Duty. It's fun as fuck. Don't you think this is kind of just like physically doing it? Kind of LARPing, actually. You're LARPing. It's fucking SEAL Team 6 LARPing. You can do it. I, I mean, I, I remember you dressing up like a dictator and walking through Times Square and waving to people. And that person killed 7 million Jews. You know what I mean? I guess you trivialized that, but, you know, you were just goofing. This is just a pastime thing. Well, that was a bet that I lost. This is, this, you can do all of this without adding Osama to it. What do you care, though? I mean, if they don't put it in the news, you don't care, right? They were doing this before. I wouldn't have known about it, true. Yeah. Well, this is no big deal. It's not a big deal at all. Here was my thing when I got home last night, and I don't know whether you guys, when you were kids, read the poem about Richard Corey where everybody admired Richard Corey and he was the beautiful guy in town and everybody, you know, kind of wished they were him. And then one night he kills himself. I actually sat there looking at the Tony Scott suicide yeah. over and over and over going, this guy's a big-time director, a big-time producer. His brother is fucking gigantic fucking... Everything legend. that you should want in terms of success. Yeah. Top of Hollywood. And, yeah, you don't even have to say I'm a fan of his movies, but if you're any kind of fan of success, you have to look at this guy and say, what more could, you know, have went better? I mean, if you were going to fantasize about a life, this certainly would have been one. And here he is, like, in his 60s. He's not being pushed out. As a matter of fact, him and his brother probably have more power. They had that big TV show that ran... So they're able to produce TV and film. Yeah, they're all over the place. And then he jumps off a bridge. And I just sat there trying to reread that story over and over. It didn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. Uh, I don't know what the fuck the poor bastard was going through. But I don't know. From the reports, he was saying that uh, no hesitation or whatever. He just yeah, they just said he jumped out. over it and off he went. And, you know, we've talked about this so many times. I could teach you how to kill yourself having a ball. It would probably take, you know, six months to a year of just really constant enjoyment. Looking whacked. Yeah, whacked and... Um, yeah, I mean, he's made some fucking gigantic films. Tony Scott. It's crazy. That's just his directing. I will say this. Yeah. And, you know, I know that some people are going to say, you know, he just does commercial movies like Top Gun and stuff like that. But he may have directed the single greatest scene in history in True Romance. Oh, my God. You know, now the, the, the now I'll take the Chesterfield scene. I'll put that scene against anything. I don't know Tarantino amazing. wrote it, but he did direct it. Yeah, he had a big hand in it. <sighs> 
Plus, the beginning scene of The Last Boy Scout was pretty badass, too. The Last Boy Scout is like a... If there was such a thing as a guilty pleasure, I, I don't turn that off. It's fucking fun. It seems like with a little tweaking, it could have been a, bre- a great film. Uh, but I don't know what happened. I, I, I don't even know why... They were saying there was a suicide note, or at least there were a couple reports I read that there was, but they haven't released it yet. It was like in his car when he pulled over. I saw that as soon as I got in last night, and I'm like, Jesus, dude. It's really fucked. You're in L.A., you're over the hump. He had 12 films in pre-production, pre- and post-production. Between directing and producing, and yeah. yeah. Uh, Fuck. Here's Tom. Tom, you're on the Ron Fest show. Morning, guys. Yeah. You know, regarding Tony Scott, it doesn't matter how much success you have. If the guy had a health problem, that's all it takes to push you over the edge. That was the one thing that I was thinking about. Maybe there was some kind of, um, you know, doctor thing that took him to that, too. You know, like maybe he had some exam that he figured out, I don't want to, you know. Go through it, right? Yeah, I don't want to deal with that. Or if he was in pain, you know, if he was dealing with constant pain and there's something that you just can't get past, if you have to live with that sort of thing 24 hours a day, that can put you over the edge, man. Yeah, I had never heard any of those kind of things. You normally do hear that kind of stuff. Um, It's very, very rough. Very, very rough. Uh, and it always makes me curious, you know, because it's scary. Yeah, and also like this could happen to almost anybody. Now you were telling me about some thing because we've got so many military guys that come back and commit suicide yeah. that they're trying to come up with something that could defeat it. Yeah, uh, I think that the suicides uh, doubled within a month. Uh, military suicides. So the Army um, commissioned the University of Indiana to create an anti-suicide nasal spray, which is where you just pop it in your nose, and then if you're feeling suicidal, it'll... Basically, it has a calming antidepressant effect, is what uh, this, the, they were calling it. It's some chemical called uh, thyrotropin, uh, thyrotropin-releasing hormone. So when you put it in your nose, you're feeling suicidal, you pump it into it, your fucking brain... And it gives you a calming antidepressant effect immediately, um, which I don't know if that's a good thing. Since yeah, you just I mean it's just another the, dope, you know. Yeah. I mean, like I, I, I mean, I would hope that anything would work, but as soon as we, I mean, now you're more snort. We've come up with how to do the snort thing by having a nasal spray. All right, and it makes you wonder why that isn't available, like for doctors to prescribe. Well, that's what they're saying. It's brand new. It, just, it hasn't it, been tested yet. It just got created. So they, they when they come up with any kind of new med, then it takes them like a billion dollars of testing uh, because they can get the shit suit out of them. Um, John, you're on the Run of Fez show. Go ahead. Uh, yeah, Ronnie, didn't Hunter S. Thompson kill himself? Well, there's actually, yes, is the official Answer. word. But there's also people who debate that if it wasn't... Um, the wife? I didn't want to say that, but people do say that. But again, he was a, a, a guy also who had physical pain, so you never know. And like he left this, like one of the last things that he he wrote was called "Football Season Is Over," yeah. which was basically you know how you hit that. It's the after the Super Bowl, before spring training, 
it's winter. Yeah. You know, you got to have a lot of things that interest you to stay alive. You have to get up in the morning and say, what interests me? What interests me? Yeah, it was pretty short. No more games, no more bombs, no more walking, no more fun. 67, that's 17 years past 50. 17, 17 more than you wanted. Jesus. Yeah, it's, um, the reality of it is so many things come up that you go, though, man, I wish Hunter was commenting on this. Hell you know? yeah, it'd be great. I mean, that's another thing of, I know that we live for ourselves, but at the same time, you live for other people as well. Um, and you leave that void when you check out. At least maybe you should check in with everybody and say, here's where my head's at. This is what I'm leaning towards. I'm getting out of here. Yeah. Nice knowing you. Like I plan, uh, planned on doing with Tony Scott. Oh. I just, the weird thing about Tony Scott is what would be better than being a big time Hollywood producer. Fucking huge for like, well, 20 plus, probably th almost 30 years, probably. His first, early 80s were his first fucking big hits. We did that David Bowie. Uh, the fuck, Yeah, that's it. The mm -hmm. vampire movie. Yeah. Um, and then the Tom Cruise movies were, you know, gigantic. Top Gun, Days of Thunder, gigantic. And then fucking Beverly Hills Cop 2, Last Boy Scout, Crimson Tide. You Amazon know, they were State. actually talking about doing a Top Gun 2. Yeah. With Tom Cruise, I guess, as the flight instructor or something, and you know, finding some young new guy. The Tom yeah, Cruise is like, you know, hey, I did this. I was just like you, dude. <laughs> I was fucking flying these things in the eighties. All right, I was flying straight into the danger zone. <laughs> yeah, just, just huge films. Um, here's Sue and Montclair. You're on the Run of Fest show. Hey, Ronnie. Can you hear me? Yeah. Okay, cool. Um, you know, I've been thinking a lot about this in the last year. I think that they need to come up with some sort of support programs for soldiers when they come back. They're not just not, like, re immediately reunited with their families, but maybe they spend six or eight weeks working with children or uh, doing some sort of positive outreach program just to sort of... Uh, readapt to society, do something positive that sort of is very far away from the violence and the killing. Well, uh, he here's the other weird thing, too, is unlike, let's say, World War II, where you would wait for that letter that would come a couple letters a year and you would send a couple letters, you are in these hairy situations and then going home and Skyping with the wife at night. You know what I mean? Your wife is still saying, do, you know, the Little League coach isn't playing Johnny. And, you know what I mean? Like, there's a weird thing of normalcy. There's no disconnect. Yeah, that stands right next to the horrors of war. And this yeah. stuff is kind of outpacing what psychologists could do. Because the whole point of this thing right from the beginning is we're not going to treat these guys like the Vietnam veterans. They're going to have a better thing. And that's what everybody said. And it hasn't uh, been successful. That we have tons of these guys that have amazing amount of uh, problems. Amazing amount of problems. And it's also, just like every other thing, when veterans come back, society gets turned off by it. You know what I mean? Like, they almost look the other way. 
Well, it's a sh- then, you know, they don't want, they don't want to deal with it. I mean, better than even any of these programs, it would be great if these guys could come back to some kind of work that would make them, again, feel important part of things. It's a tough fucking call. It's almost like if the uh, military feels like if they just get them home, then that's their home, they're safe, that's fine. That's what every military has done in history. You know what I mean? Like every military in the history of the world has no idea of now that we've trained these guys in this way to do this thing, now what? They basically say, thanks. Thanks for your service. Uh, And now, you know, find your way. And, you know, they have these programs, but a lot of these guys aren't the type to want to join these programs to sit and talk about yourself. I mean, her thing of working with kids, there's probably not a lot of guys that want to come back from Afghanistan and then sit there and, you know, help kids color or whatever the hell they do. Uh, No, that's a strawberry. See that? That's straw. Sound it out. Burr. Straw. Burr. Burr. Strawberry. I had a clocky right now, kid. I just take you out. Hey. Um, here's Steve. Steve, you're on the Run and Fest show. Hey, what's up, Ronnie? How you doing, buddy? Hey, buddy. Hey, uh, I'm active duty um, with the military right now, and I just literally just got back from Afghanistan not even a year ago. And, you know, you see all this shit. And like how you were saying, you just immediately get thrown into the back and stuff, and that's when all the problems happen, you know? Especially if you have um, kids with a wife and family, yeah. and the wife is in charge of the household for so long, the guy comes back and they go, nope, you're not the father anymore, and it fucks up the dudes, and that's when drinking happens, violence happens, and it sucks. It's and, uh, awful. It is. And the other thing, with the, that whole naval spray, you know, that's bullshit. I'm a, I'm a medic myself, and, um, you know... That's just another way for the Army to throw something at um, a problem, just try to get, like, a quick fix, just so they really don't have to deal with it for the long run, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Just little short-term, little bandage jobs. And, you know, it fucks up dudes at the end. And, you know, like, I've seen, like, you know, I've been there, I've had two toys on my belt, and I've seen other dudes with the same experience, you know, and it just fucked them up at the end, you know, but... And again, the thing that pisses me off is I've always felt it was the country's uh, responsibility. Not just, you know, oh, some government agent, but literally everybody who sits here and acts like we ought to kick their ass and blah, blah, blah. And then they feel like because they pay their taxes, they're done. You know, or, or, or you do some bullshit thing before an NFL game. I just don't think that the country ever takes responsibility. I'm talking about the society itself for the wars that they are part of. Yeah, they want us to fight it and everything, but when we come back and we have battle scars and we have shit that's screwed up in our head by seeing dead bodies and seeing all the screwed up stuff, they'd be like, well, thanks, go on. But Yeah, but this is as old as history. Like in ancient Rome... When the army would come back, they didn't want them in Rome. They were like, yeah, exactly. we don't want soldiers here. We don't. We want you motherfuckers going out there, killing Egyptians, bringing shit back, dropping it off. But don't feel like you can hang out with us. Yeah, exactly. It's like, what do you do with 
soldiers in peacetime. You know, it's yeah. like, thanks, but how you know, they wish that they were. They they wish that you um, uh, were missiles that they could then just put yeah. underground. Yeah, we can't. You can't source like that. You know, we like like I've seen like these guys. Some of the guys I'm with right now, and you know, there's you know they like we have a dwell time program which you can't go over for so many, much time, and guys don't want to do that. They just want to sign papers and go, hey, send me back over. Because they want to go back to it. You know, yeah, so. because everything here feels weird. And also... It's, yeah, and it's easier yeah. over there. You know, you go wake up, you do your mission, you come back, hey, everything's straight. So. All right, thanks, man. Peace. Thank you, Fez. Thank you, buddy. Uh, here's the thing that, like, we never get into our head, is that a lot of these programs that we think are, you know, great, and you, your chance to talk it out. The same kind of guys that join the military aren't the kind of guys that want to do the kind of new-agey, huggy programs and all that kind of stuff. That's you the know? last thing they're going to want to do. Yeah. And, I mean, uh, it's it's just a problem and not an easily solvable problem. What always pisses me off is that people will think, oh, there's a new drug or there's a new program. And boom. So I'm done with it. I'll go back to thinking about the other ways. But when you okay these wars, and I'm not just talking about the fucking president. Uh, you know, I'm not saying that it was President Bush for signing in or Obama for keeping it over. I mean, the regular fucking people have to take some kind of responsibility for this. And we don't. We're a bunch of whiny fucking gimme, gimme, gimme fucking bitches. Uh and all we want is our own shit. And the same way we don't think before we go, let's send the troops in, is the same way we're not thinking when it's time for them to come back. The same exact fucking shit. Uh, 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. Uh, Al, you're on the Run of Fez show. Hey, Ron. Hi, Fez. Uh, I had my nephew shot himself on Mother's Day, just past his Mother's Day, that Fort Drum. Uh, and, uh, he, uh, he was in about, uh, three years and, uh, and I, I made the comment, which, you know, I didn't want to be crass at all, but, you know, he was, he, his unit was deployed back to, uh, to Afghanistan. And, uh, and I, I made a comment that, you know, sometimes he was, he's probably better off going back with his unit to feel, I don't know, you know, when I was in, we never made contact with anybody at home by, except by letters. Yeah. Never really had any contact. And it kept you in perspective on, okay, I'm here doing my time, finish up and get out. And you uh, rotate, you're rotating individually, not as a unit. And today now you become so close to your, your, um, comrades, your mates that I believe that, uh, you know, having that kind of contact with the home front, I mean, you just finished the mission and you were just shot at, and now you're talking about the upcoming, uh, homecoming dance. You know, it's a, it's a tough dichotomy to get into. And I really think that these guys, unfortunately, they're, they're, they've come uh, acquainted with combat, even though they don't like it, they don't want it, but they might feel more adept at surviving in that environment than coming home on the street. And it's a problem that, uh, that I think they're having as far as returning as a unit. And you're talking about a whole crew of people coming back with the same state of mind. 
instead of an individual. And I think they feel more comfortable with their with their comrades and their mates. Well, yeah, because you know, it's not like they could identify with the rest of us who've never done this. You know what I mean? Not only exactly. are they uh, they're having a closeness where they're dependent upon each other's lives. Exactly. And exactly. you don't get that experience when you come back here and work here. You know what I mean? Exactly. Thank um, you, Ron. Uh, you know, there was another thing, too, about the communication thing. I remember reading stuff about the Vietnam veterans, that they would be in a firefight and then could be in L.A. within 24 hours or something, and yeah. all of a sudden they're out on the street and there's, you know... All kinds of things that are completely different than the firefight. In World War II, those guys were kind of shipped home with all their buddies, taking two weeks uh, on some boat where everybody was like literally going, hey, that was nuts, wasn't it? What are you going to do when you get home? You know, and just having that opportunity. Decompress. Yeah. But the whole thing about Twitter and Facebook and Skype, where you can still do that, that that becomes this bizarreness of the guy you are at home and the guy you are in Afghanistan. And then the repeating tours, too, where you do get to come home, you see everybody, maybe you do start to feel normal again, and, whoop, it's time to go back to Afghanistan. Right, but the reason that that was set up was so you don't get in too deep. You know what I mean? Like, that's the thing, that every time you solve a problem, it creates more problems. And... No matter what you do, then you're going to have to figure out what works about this and what doesn't. So the point wouldn't be, all right, by the way, you're not going to see your family for two years. You know what I mean? But it doesn't mean it doesn't set up these psychological things of guys going and, you know, in between those stores, they have a lot of free time on their hands and the worry that another one's coming. You know, that's going to build. It's... um. It's fucking crazy um, how difficult it is for this stuff. Let's go over here to Pat. Pat, you're on the Run Fez show. Hey, Ron Fez, huge fans. Um, I'm, a, I'm a veteran. I just got out. I uh, was in the Navy for seven years. And um, I was been out since March. And I took a job at Coca-Cola and it sucked, you know. But I found a job back on a military base by my house. And I absolutely love it. I feel at home. So much more, you know, energy. I just felt way better. But for those months, I worked a couple at Coca-Cola. I was straight depressed. My family said I was, you know, just bumping around. Couldn't do anything. And it just, it's just tough when you first get out. Like, and some of these guys don't realize, you know, everybody pushes in your head, get a job, get a job, get benefit, get benefit. And I think it just overwhelms them. And that's why you have all these issues. Everybody should take the time off, you know, just relax you know, just get all that ex-military stuff out of your blood. But it's just tough, you know, with jobs. And I just feel bad for all these guys coming out. So It is very, very tough. And we do have to uh, say that it's much more of a complex problem than we ever, ever give it. Here's Steve, California. You're on the Run of Fez show. Hey, guys. How you doing? Yeah. Um, you know, Plato's Republic was his ideal setting, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, he had the cops and the army completely separate from society. He just said there was no way that they could do what they do, see what they see, live what they live, and then come back home. 
And he was writing that kind of stuff thousands of years ago. Thousands of years ago, we knew this was a problem. And in thousands of years, we haven't perfected the problem. And that's the, that is the thing of we keep this military that's always going to be busy doing something all over the world. We spend trillions of dollars on it. Um, Japan doesn't even feel the need for a military anymore. No. You know? Just that's think a- of the money and the, the place was where they're putting their brain power and then we have to fucking compete against them. Uh, so it's complex. It's complex stuff. Do you want a military? I think overwhelmingly the people would say yes. Overwhelmingly. Why don't you feel like it's more of your responsibility? That's it. I mean, there's some military towns where people are connected to what goes on with the military. Most of us are not. And to sit around and say, around, oh, I have a cousin to serve. I hate that fucking shit. I hate when someone just starts to brag about a nephew. That ain't you, dude. But that's what we do. That's the easiest thing to do, to not give a fuck. Yes, that's what we do. And we're like, well, what about me? Fuck. I got to get paid. You know, they're talking about fucking cutting things. Why not fucking, whatever you cut, turn around and and do that kind of shit. Um, Chris, you're on the Run of Fez show. Uh, yeah, Ron. I don't mean to sound like an asshole or whatever, but I mean, don't. Be, I mean, these guys are adults when they go and they they volunteer, and they they kind of know, you know, what, what they're getting into and what they might expect when they hear, you know. I, Chris, yes, a you do sound like a dick because number one, a lot of these guys are volunteering at eighteen, nineteen years old. By the time they're twenty one, twenty two years old, look at the difference of how many people volunteer for college and get their ass handed to them, all right? Well, what about these guys that, like, volunteer, like, you know, they're 18 and they want to go play in the NFL football knowing that they could have head injuries later on? Yes, they're we're talking about the same thing. I also believe that's a responsibility of the people who demand that kind of entertainment. You're fucking saying that somehow you get the full benefits of these guys putting their bodies and brains on the, on the fucking line doing things for your country. Some of them are very honorable and some of them turn out to be dishonorable and you get to fucking stand back and not take any responsibility for either way. And that's bullshit, dude. That's you acting like somehow this fucking country owes you instead of you giving back. You want to be a fucking responsible uh, citizen, stop acting like a fucking baby. Know that when the troops are sent somewhere... That's your fucking responsibility, too. You don't get to yell shit back out like we ought to turn it to to fucking sand and then not give a shit what happens after that. That's what's wrong with our fucking country. Everybody wants their own shit and they don't care. And then if you hear about some ex-military guy comes back and he does something incredible, then you're acting like those fucking dudes better get their shit together, man. You know how many fucking vets are in jail in this country? Very high percentage. You know what I mean? Vets are fucking homeless. A very high percentage. Yeah, they're opening up prisons just for veterans. And we, as a fucking society, not only don't give a shit now, we never have. And yet, you're going to... Again, I'm not going to get fucking political here. And I don't want to. But Mitt Romney gets to sit around and talk tough now. During the Vietnam War, he got six fucking deferments. Bill Clinton got deferments. These fucking guys that are ready to now 
tell other young men where they have to go when it was their time to be called upon. They didn't want any part of it. Dick Cheney got fucking deferments. But as they become middle-aged, now we're going to be a bunch of ass-kickers. Now no one pushes this country around. That's right. It's fucking bullshit. It's just fucking bullshit. It's very depressing. It's very depressing. And it's depressing when I look at us and I fucking am left wanted. I'm left wanting for what people think it even uh, entails anymore. Um, And we'll sit around and bitch about our stuff. Other people are paying a higher fucking price than you for your uh, freedom and security. If you don't give a shit about that, you uh, tell me a lot about you. That guy who's saying, oh, okay, these young kids know what they volunteered for. Fuck you. They really don't. And even if they do, it still means they're putting up a different price than you. At the very least, be a fucking person and say thank you to that person. Be a human being. Um, Bill, you're on the Run of Fez show. Yeah, Ron. You know what? I was in the Army 22 years. I was a recruiter. I put hundreds of people in the Army. And that guy that called up talking about how fucking guys that are in, you know, that are going in are dopes can kiss my lily white ass. Because because of the people I put in and myself, he's got a right to be able to say that kind of bullshit. And you're right. They don't have a clue what, what it's about. But here's what I will say. He's saying this stuff that other people live. They don't say it out loud. They'll say support the troops or whatever. Or thank you for your service. But the reality of it is they give nothing fucking. But they feel like him. They feel like it's a separate responsibility for them. Um, and you sit around and wonder why people are acting like they're not involved in this country anymore. Because they only want. People only want in the society. They see themselves as somehow blessed. That they were born here, and everything should now come to them. I'm telling you, we are fucked up. We're fucked up. To sit around and know how many of these guys came back from this thing that this country overwhelmingly wanted and not give a shit is fucked. Well, I'm embarrassed of us right now. I'm embarrassed of the way we act. Uh, Ryan, Texas, you're on the Run of Fez show. Hey, Ron, thanks for taking my call. Um, I worked with homeless veterans at the VA. I was kind of a mental health therapist for a couple years. And you're absolutely right. The problem is so much more complicated than people understand. First off, the lack of funding is shameful. For the veterans coming home, getting any type of mental health services, it, it is so pathetic that we cannot fund services to help these guys. Second, the, their quick fix is to get these guys on so many meds they're walking zombies. It, uh, it's just a shame. And also, I think a lot of people have absolutely no way of relating to the soldiers, to their experiences, and so we want to just put them off on their own and not relate or attempt to understand what they've gone through. It's, it is shameful having worked in the uh, industry or with the VA, and I, it, it makes me depressed at what these soldiers have to face when they get back, having served their country, and put their lives on the line for us. It's, 
it's enraging. So and yeah, and and what we want, like you said, it's a quick fix. This you know, call people heroes or uh, uh, basically say we're going to put you on a bunch of pills. Anything but really take responsibility. Absolutely. And every time I see a veteran in uniform or, or find out someone served, I go up to them and make sure I thank them for their service because they do not get, not that they're into service for recognition, but our country has become so lazy with actually understanding and thanking these, these men and women for what they've done. So that's uh, what I... You know, yeah. the, the other thing is the way that we... Uh, put warning labels now on alcohol and tobacco products. Hmm. We also also should tell these guys that when they sign up, here's some of the things that can happen to you from Absolutely. signing up for this. You could end up homeless. You could end up with murderous rage. You could end up completely pills. ignored by your s entire society. You know, yeah. what, where's that fucking warning label? Where's that warning label? That just tells them, by the way, you're making this sacrifice for a bunch of spoiled fucking brats who will pay more attention to their local football team than they'll ever give a fuck about you. And as many times as you hear people uh, sit around and saying these things, most of the time I just consider it hypocrisy. Just straight out hypocrisy. That, you know, oh, we're going to clap when the jet flies over, and then we get to forget about it and start to chant Tebow, Tebow. Well, it's just superficial. People like superficial shit. It's we do. We're shallow motherfuckers. <laughs> By the way, I don't know whether you watched your possible. jets the other night, <laughs> but both Sanchez and Tebow suck. <laughs> what the fuck? They're not going to... Uh, they're losing record guaranteed this season. That team and it doesn't fucked. matter who they got at quarterback. It's fucked. Um... Right, we do got a break here. Before I fucking pull a Tony Scott and just jump off a fucking no, don't bridge. Don't do it. Don't do it. Come on. Who knows why Tony Scott did that? It's a Richard Corey thing, man. I know I got a break here. I know you want to talk about uh, Julian Assange. Oh, yeah. We got to get into that. WikiLeaks time. I hate when I start to get all pissed off about stuff and I just fucking lose my mind. I get really mad at the people in this country. It's well, a fucked up situation. I, I mean, the thing is, as proud as we try to be about Americans, about be America, sometimes being an American is an embarrassment. The way we treat all the things that we have here, it's... It's it's all taken for granted. Preposterous. It's preposterous the way we act. The way we don't give a shit most of the time. And what our politics be called, a bunch of fucking name calling, instead of this is a legitimate fucking problem that Democrats and Republicans should say no matter what else we get done. I want to work on this. You even see one guy in the in the Senate or the Congress who says, I'm going to say some things that might piss off Americans, 
but I don't care because this is more important than my reelection. No. Oh, we're way past that. It's been years since anyone's fucking going to do Everyone's just shitless. And I get really pissed off with the amount of politicians who wanted nothing to do with this stuff when they were young men. And I don't blame them for saying, I want to be out of Vietnam. But how hawkish they get in their fucking later years. Well, the people they represent went there, so they have to fucking... Six fucking deferments, and he wants to be the military fucking president. Guys are getting their fucking asses blown off, and he's fucking, you know, riding around on a bicycle in France asking people to be Mormons. Bill Clinton getting fucking strong in his later years, when he certainly wanted no part of it. Dick Cheney, fucking badass, in his later years, wanted no part of it. Well, he had a mercenary fucking army. Why wouldn't one of them go, hey, when I was young, I was fucking didn't want any part of this. What can I do to keep these guys out of shit? That guy would be fine with me. War's I would have up. no problem with him. That <laughs> I, if a guy got up and said, look, I wouldn't want any part of it when I was a kid, and I don't want to put in any, any uh, part of it of putting other fucking young kids in harm's way. Well, then they're seen as pussy. That's the thing. Seen as. Yeah. That's what we worry about. Mm-hmm. That's what we fucking worry about. Seen as. Fucking stupid. Um, all right, we got a lot of stuff we got to get to today. I am, I'm behind. I am behind. Uh, we'll take a break here. And uh, when we come back, I want to put up this uh, piece of, and it's going to be a big spoiler alert. But apparently there's a children's film out there All right. that parents don't completely know what the fuck is going on with. This is the one where they find the kid growing leaves out of his legs. Oh, yeah, yeah. I've seen a commercial for this. I think it's called Jimmy uh, fucking Beanstalk is the name of it. <laughs> Jimmy Beanstalk. Uh, so some of the parents, they took their kid to see Jimmy Beanstalk. And I'm going to do the spoiler alert. I don't even know where we have it on this thing anymore. I know we got two replays, one of them locked up, the other one not. Uh, but we will do a spoiler alert when we come back and talk about it. It's the Ron and Fez show. More Ron and Fez coming up uh -huh. on the Opie and Anthony channel. Ron and Fez. It's the Ron and Fez show, 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ, 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. Uh, I don't know whether you guys have seen this uh, yet, but this is sure to go big viral. And again, it's going to be a spoiler alert. 19. Uh, 19. 
Spoiler alert. We have it under box intro, but it's... Spoiler yeah, alert. Spoiler alert. Is that the same spoiler alert? Spoiler yeah. alert. Why does it sound different to me? It sounds a little deeper, but it's the same one. That's Steve C? Uh-huh. Spoiler alert. That doesn't sound like him. Spoiler alert. That's not the same one. I don't care what anybody says. I think spoiler alert. I think it's because it was recorded in two different places as the other one. Two different production rooms. It's not the original, though. No, that's the original. How does that make sense? Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. That's ridiculous. Um, it's not the one that we use for years. I don't care what anybody says. All right, so this is a spoiler alert if you really don't want to know uh, how a little kid's film makes out. Okay. Turn your fucking uh, <laughs> radio off, switch over, enjoy some 80s. You know, you can stop the world to melt with somebody oh, and it'll shit. be fucking great. That's happening. Sounds good. Uh, the Breakfast Club theme is probably playing somewhere. It's all happening out there, so you don't have to hear this. All right, so three, and then it's the spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. All right, hold on. I got to do this real fast. Uh, what is it, Bobo? My mother's not letting me do the Bobo cue. Then this is bullshit, the dude. Fuck? You went and fucked over everybody's summer. Uh, it's ridiculous. I begged my mother. She saw this and telling me not. She's not letting me do it at her house. That's bullshit. You got to go her? back to her. I've already promised ONA that this thing is happening. Fuck. Call me tomorrow. I, I I tried to tell her to do that. She refuses. She would refuses. To I got ONA all pumped up about it. No! Bobo, call me tomorrow. I'll try, I'll try to fight my own mother for this. Make it happen, dude. I don't know what you did wrong, but everybody's been waiting for this all summer. What else do I have to fucking do this summer? All right, talk to you later. Cock. Um, shit. Fuck. I just had Anthony tell me that he was going to be responsible for sides. What? And I go, what sides? All of them. And he's bringing farm fresh, he said, from Long Island. Everything. The tomatoes are going to be fresh. How can we miss this? Fresh corn. We don't have, now we don't have a spot for the party. Not only that, I don't want to even give this away. Oysters. Damn it! We were going to be eating oysters. It's fucking... And I'm like, whoever gets the pearls, the big winner, the Bobo Q. And now Bobo starts this shit. Now there's no Bobo Q. Now guess who looks like a dick? Ronnie B. Bobo. For getting everybody fucking pumped up. You fucking understand. This is why O&A fight with Bobo. Because you can't uh, keep your shit together. Spoiler alert again. So they take this, uh, again, if you really care about how little kids films and <laughs> tune out. So they take these two chubby kids to see uh, the odd life of Timothy Green. And basically, this is them in the back seat. Uh, with their parents enjoying this videotaping and uploading to the internet. Like immediately. Why not show the world how pussy my kids are? And already there's stuff on here. This makes me want to bully. Um, there's no doubt that it would make you want to bully these kids. All right, let's watch a little bit of this. Aaron, so what was the movie about? <laughs> 
laughed and he had to die. And then Damn. he had to die. I want to die. I want to die. I love it. It's a circle of life. All right, let's stop it there. It ain't a circle of life when a little kid dies, is it? But it was so sad. What happened to Timothy Green? He, he, all those leaves came off, so he had to go. I didn't want him to. Well, I know you didn't, Chubby. <laughs> it's just what you wanted him to live forever. Yeah, but he had to go. He had to go. All right, let's stop it there. These kids are fucking fat freaking. They're losing on their this shits. thing. They are losing it. I love you guys so much. I love you. <laughs> what did you think about it? It was sad. <laughs> it was so sad. What did you think? It was so much sad. <laughs> <laughs> what made you so sad? Like, like the, I didn't know how to go. The, the place had always shut down. The uncle died. <laughs> <laughs> Should people go and see this movie? If you do, your eye, you would tear out your eyes. <laughs> 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 it's so sad. You guys want to go see the movie again? No. <laughs> it's What, what what did it tell you about what happens in life? You think I have to go! Why why can't you stop crying? It's so sad! It's so sad! There's so many happy and sad moments! Yeah. Oh, you fucking pussies. How could Look, they be so torn up over this fucking I'm gonna explain this to every kid. You have one opportunity. I'm going to give you two opportunities to cry. A, obviously you cry at Brian's song. Enjoy yourself. Brian Piccolo's dead. All right? Brian Piccolo had to go. (laughs) And then when E.T. gets back on and leaves that fucking kid behind. Go back with his family. You have uh, a movie to tore your heart out when you were a kid, Hicks? Oh, fuck. I think um, The NeverEnding Story I cried at. That fucking... It was a lie. It what did end. <laughs> it was fucking... That movie fucked me up with that giant fucking white dog. Um, Dan. Dan, you're on the running for the show. Dan. Yeah. Was that Fez crying? No. These are future Fezes. Uh, this is... Fez did cry like that when he found out the Riddler wasn't going to be in a movie. Uh, Fez, did you have a crybaby movie that made you so sad? Um, uh, yeah, it was. Uh, I actually cried at Bambi. I thought that was awful when I was. My grandmother took me. So you cried at the beginning of the movie. Yeah, people say that, and I remember seeing it when I was a kid and being like, "Okay, now the movie starts." I get that maybe you cried in the beginning, but you're not going to go home crying about Bambi because you're going to already forget about it. I almost feel like that one. Is like it's done, kid. 
move on from there. There's so much more coming up. You know, when someone dies at the end of the movie, like, like or you're giving a speech about Brian Piccolo. Yes, that's going to fucking tear a kid up. Old Yeller um, fucking kid up. You really got into the old Yeller, huh? Yeah, I was fucking, I was a fucking stupid little kid. I didn't want that dog to die. Well, Spoiler got, alert, sorry. He died because he had rabies, and yes. they had to shoot him. Yes, I know. It's fucked up. But he got the rabies saving them. Yeah. And here's the thing that you're supposed to know. That's its reward for saving them? Fucking bullet in the head? No, the reward is they're not going to let him live his life like a rabid fucking dog, a.k.a. a dog zombie. Oh. That's what a rabid dog is. They could have just put a muzzle on him, let no, him live out can't. his fucking rabies life. Yeah, they put a muzzle in the back of his fucking oh. head. Old Yeller's dead, but puppies. Yeah, it's still not the same. It's not the same dog. Lie to yourself. I can't. Not this does not seem like a kid's movie. If you watch well, you the commercial what? for this, it's all happy things going on. Can I tell you something? The, the Jennifer Garner was on David Letterman. And Letterman was saying, do I want to take my kid to see this? Or is this too sad? And she's like... You might be a little sad, but your kids will be fine. And Letterman was saying, does someone die in this? Because I'm not taking my kid. And you are crazy if you take your kid to something and he's going to fucking feel like this. Now, they they know they got two weak fucking baby boys here. They know that they ain't got fucking shit to deal with. And by the way, it embarrasses me that this guy's putting his weak juice all over the United States flag that he's wearing on his T-shirt. Come on. This is a kid. They should have fucking driven him. Straight to fucking peewee football, got the fucking pads on him, and got his knocked on his ass a couple times. Man up, dude. This movie sounds like a bloodbath. Spoiler alert, the kid says the uncle dies, too. Um, Joe, you're on the run. I didn't even hear that. <laughs> I didn't hear that in the middle of all the slobbering. Um, Rock uh, Dory, by the way, writes, the parents are assholey. I do agree. That mother is a fucking sadistic weirdo. Oh, I love you so much. We're going to go viral with this. Uh, Fitzy said he cried at the end of Donnie Brasco. Yeah, when Lefty gave everything he could to the mob and then that happened? Sure. Um, what do you got, Joe? Uh, yeah, man. When a never-ending story when a Treyu's uh, horse drowns in the mud, that's fucking heart-wrenching, man. It is. Yeah, that's not, that's not an easy one for kids. It's fucked up. That's not an easy one. Well, this poor horse in this fucking mud pit. Well, when you're a little, you do care what happens to the animals really a lot. <laughs> yeah. Oh, this is just bringing back a whole bunch of fucked up shit. Like, even when I would watch, like, cowboy movies, I would be more, um, they used to use those trip wires for horses all the time, uh -huh. so the horses would fall down, and I'd always be, like, uh, saying to my dad, hey, are those horses okay? And he goes like this. What do we give a shit about horses? John Wayne is the one in fucking trouble here. A horse is nothing. It's a dumb animal. You don't want to get hurt, though. Um, here's Cigars and Scotch. Cigars and Scotch, what made you cry? Reagan? When you started to forget what he was doing in the White House? No, when he got out. But no, what made <laughs> me cry funny. as a kid was that uh, there was a car. I don't want to believe. <laughs> I don't want to believe Bush there. Called Snoopy Come Home. Oh it was like yeah, his old his old master. Some little girls like in the hospital sick, and Snoopy takes off, and they start with this sad music like Snoopy. Yeah, 
And, and you know I, what else I, was sad about that is like, who even knew he had another owner that was still a kid? What? Yeah. They just got into a backstory uh, that was just too far deep for Weird. kids. Because you don't even think of like, you know, different uh, owners too. Hey, you gotta have continuity here. The fuck? Um, all right, peace. <laughs> I didn't know that he cried like a couple of sisters at that. Like a couple of Republican sisters. He's just crying at Snoopy come home. Was that the No Dogs Allowed one, too? Did they have that song in there? I think so, yeah. Fucking classic song. All you got to do is hear it once, and you're fucking locked in. Uh, let's see. Ann said Born Free made her cry. Way to show your age. Um, there are things that... I don't think it's awful for kids to cry at a movie... But I think that these kids went too fucking far. They had a fucking meltdown is what they had. Um, Chuck, you're on the Run of Fez show. Hey, what's up, fellas? Uh, the first movie I ever remember crying to was The Champ at like five years old and not even realizing what was happening to me while I was sobbing about this movie. But that was heart-wrenching when he died. You know what's really weird? is like that's not even the saddest The Champ. The one before that with Wallace Beery and Jackie Coogan is even a sadder The Champ. Oh, he's oh yeah, that's the one that was like from the 1930s, Damn. and because like that champ is like an old fat guy, yeah, 31, and his dad is just like his kid is beating on his chest, on his dead chest. I want the champ. Oh shit! I want the champ. Fuck yeah! Everyone lost it on the John Voight the champ though. Fucking crying like seriously. Um. Let's go over to Hard Rock Johnny. You're on the Run Fest show, buddy. I was enjoying the separation with the seatbelt on those lovely child children there. What the hell's wrong with those kids? They've been raised to be girls, and their parents love it. And how could the parents torture them like that? I mean, those kids are just going to get picked on. They need to be picked on, though. Seriously. Maybe it'll toughen them up a little bit. The the one kid with his ruby red lips and braces. What the hell happened to him? He I don't know. At the movie theater. I don't know. And then it looks like they cut his fucking hair with a grapefruit spoon. <laughs> I mean, they're doing everything to raise these fucking kids never to get vagina. Did it say where, they, where they're from? Because my guess is somewhere in Florida. Whoa. I don't know where they're from. Let's see if I can find out. I bet that this is the kind of thing, no, I bet they eventually get to Today's Show or something. And their parents even seem nerdy. Maybe they should uh, start... They sounded nerdy. Looks like some of their other videos saying Houston. Wait, they went. They go and put a bunch of shit of their kids on? No, it's just other videos on their account. Oh, here's... Our kids crying because of, and it's just like a whole group of videos of just their kids crying. Normally they cry when the gallon of ice cream is gone. <laughs> They are chubby, aren't they? But seriously, this is why people that are out against bullying are fucking crazy because these kids need to be toughened up a little bit. Well, they're being bullied by their own parents with this video being shot in their faces. Now, I guess. I mean, the, the thing, the way I'm talking about real bullying. But, you know, the bullying thing came up today now with this whole thing with the New York Giants. Did you see this video? Um, no, I haven't seen it. Jason, Jason Pierre-Paul, there's a video that Steve Webb put out. Jason Pierre-Paul, Prince of Mukamara, who's like both second-year players, over his shoulder, he runs, runs into the training room and dumps him into an ice bath. 
and it's all over the there's all kinds they tweet out the video and now everyone's saying it's bullying in the locker room it's like give me a break it, why is everything now bullying it's it is all- bullying in the locker room this yeah, isn't even rookie hazing he's a second year guy they're two adult men, and they're screwing around. You think that that's the worst thing that's going to happen in a locker room? Come on. Why should a locker room be any different than if somebody came in here, Rob Cross came in here, put me over his shoulder, and dumped me in a vat of water? He's not that, that strong. Would be hysterical, <laughs> and well, these guys do actually that. take fucking ice baths, though. This right. would be like Rob Cross coming in here and telling you you have to talk the next break. It, oh, it, he does that. Yeah. Ouch. Here and, and now they have to tweet out that Prince Mukmara says it wasn't bullying. If he felt threatened or unwelcome, he would address the issue. They're having fun. So how is this different than in, in, in Major League Baseball where they make the rookies every year? He, every team makes the rookies dress up in different outfits when they're on the road. By the way, I do hate that homoerotic thing. But the, what I would worry about here if I was a coach or a general manager is any kind of roughhousing that could have got my guy hurt. Because, like, when you're throwing him down in that, he could have hit his neck or his ankle. Coughlin's Yeah, and then suddenly... um, He he does look like he's bummed about it, though, like a pussy. What the hell is the little prick punter doing putting this out there? He's part of the team. He probably thinks it's funny. That's the yeah, thing. They all thought it was funny, and the, a lot of people were, they were very the offended because they used the N-word a bunch of times. Well, you know, okay, that's... But they are. You know? <laughs> I thought that that was the okay. Like, yeah. Earl can say it, Hicks can't. Right, I could never. I guess. It's, it's, it's a... It's kind of becoming the... This Uh, harmless prank or bullying is already up. Which one of you guys put that up? I did. Plug it when you, when something comes up on the air. Plug away. I hadn't even seen this piece at all. As I said, I was bullied into a family affair yesterday, but had four and a half bushels of crabs. Sounds good. But no one cares that I'm going four hours each direction. Jesus. No one ever says, hey, do you think this is too much? I get it. There's a lot of birthdays. He's just getting carried around like he's a little baby. He doesn't care that he's going to go into an ice tub. He He does care, but I mean, what can he do to fucking stop it? You know, it's just, you know, I guess that taping the guys to the to the goalposts that they've been doing for the last 30 years. All of a sudden, that's bullying. Beforehand, it was just a funny prank. Now it's bullying because it's the key hot word of the, of the well, day right uh, now. And it is. 
It absolutely is. And you can't even justify it with rookie hazing. The guy's not a rookie anymore. Nobody's justifying it. It seems to me like it's their fucking football business. They do a lot meaner shit than this to each other on the field. Yeah. Yeah, It's an ugly business. Right. You tackle someone hard. Brandon Jacobs got hit in the knee. Is that bullying? No. But see, it's part of the culture of it. If you want to stop something like this from happening, you're a pro football player, he could be throwing bows right now. He could be fucking doing something other than being carried down there. I mean, could you imagine one of the guys on the team just, uh, Jason Pierre-Paul, please stop. You're bullying him. They, they, I mean, I can't even think about that. I can't fathom what they do to the guy who stopped them because he says it's bullying. My prediction is the Giants don't even make the playoffs this year. Oh. I agree. Eight and eight. Eight Although and they, eight tops. They, they did look really good against the shit, shitty, shitty Jets. Yeah, anyone, everyone's going to look good against the Jets. By the way. Wayne, <laughs> Wayne Hunter should have worn a Giants jersey that, uh, yeah, during that I game. will say this. If, if going by that game, the Giants aren't giving up a single touchdown all season. <laughs> because they've got the greatest defensive line known to man. <laughs> Wayne Hunter was like a revolving door. It was so... I think that... I think Fezzi could have gotten a sack if he lined up and at a D end on that one. Oh, oh damn! You can get my sack. Oh, oh my oh, god! Ew. Oh, ew! Straight. That's bullying. White like your beard. Oh, oh shit! Now I uh, came back listening to Philadelphia sports radio. They're either going to go undefeated or not win a game, depending <laughs> upon their fans. Oh, my god! It's the worst team that ever existed. While they go undefeated and win every single game. Michael Vick and Andy Reid both need to be out of town. Yeah. Or a statue should go up. Caller by caller goes in different directions. They should be on the money. Isn't that the greatest thing about sports radio now, though? And, and it's like it's, you get to hear all these, you know, it's so polarizing now. And either way, it's great. It's got to be localized, though. I don't want to listen to a national show. I want to listen to the local accents. And the local, this is killing me from each city. <laughs> it is kind of tremendous. Funny if you did. I, I just, I already, I am so angry at the Giants. Uh, halfway through the beginning of the Jets game, I'm like, that's it. They got to get rid of Coughlin. Look at they, they He threw an interception. Get rid of Eli. It's horrible. Yeah, it is. It's terrible the way we look at it. What was Fez's line the other day? Get rid of somebody who what? Bring line the other day. Get rid of somebody who what? Bring something to the Oh, team. who was a distraction. Yeah. Oh, Fez no. Chad, says to us, I would fire anyone on my team who was a distraction. And then we all started laughing. And he goes, oh, I probably shouldn't have said that. <laughs> I'm a distraction. I'm a distraction. Oh, no. But we do hold our hobbies up to a much higher fucking level than we will our own lives. Yeah. Um. Hicks, you've watched this 90 times. Mm-hmm. Uh, is this bullying or not? It's not It's not bullying. Uh, they're just fucking with Prince because he's at, at this point he's letting it happen. If he's been doing Why it does he allow time. it to happen, Fez? That's he's a professional football player. Unless he just wants it to be over with and not try to get hurt fighting it. Then you got mean, the whole team against you. Then that means he's okay with it. He doesn't look okay with it there in that shot. But but you said that he allowed it to happen. He has decided, I am not going to fight. Yeah. No, I think I, he decided that there's nothing he could do about it. Well, we come up with things. I said he could have broken the guy's fucking nose with his elbow if he wanted to. 
Nobody was grabbing him. One guy just fireman, fireman carried him slowly down the hall. Yeah, it wasn't quickly. And again, <laughs> those guys go and get in ice baths all the time. Look how many are lined up. Yeah, yeah there's like three dozen of them. They're like baby pools just sitting there ready. And, and now it's just horrible that, like, Justin Tuck has to come out and says, none of us condone bullying. We are family. We love Prince. Tuck says it's role play. It's horse play, part of a locker room ritual, kind of a rite of passage. He and Roll said they've been dumped into ice tubs. So, so I guess it's just a bullying behavior in general in all of sports then. Yeah, I, I, I don't think that we disagree that there is somewhat of a bullying behavior in sports. The thing with whether you agree or disagree with is whether this bully thing is as big as everybody uh, lets on. Let's go over here to Jason in Iowa. You're on manifest. Hey, buddy. Does this yeah. mean that the, this is the end of the pie in the face of the baseball game? Well, A, it's never a pie. It's fucking shaving cream on a paper plate, which annoys the shit out of me. Two, I've never laughed once. And three, guys have blown out their knees playing that stupid prank. That's what I would worry about more than somebody's sensitive feelings of, hey, you guys are fucking around instead of being serious. We've got a season, and I want everybody healthy for it. That's why Coffee came out and saying, I've got to look into this. This is ridiculous. Yeah, because also you can fireman carry somebody that far. And get a lower disc, back disc fucking problem. Yeah. Anything could happen. You've got to stay healthy for five months. Um, all right, buddy. Boys. Talk to you later, Jenny. See ya. Uh, Tim and Tulsa, you're on the run of Fez show. Hey, I got a solve with Fezzy on this one. Uh, it's not even the worst part of the video. If you go all the way to the end, they take him out, bag, pull his pants down, and spray the sand out of his ass. Um, by the way, somebody, I, I've got people writing to me. You're right. That's absolutely not Steve C. on that drop. That drop has never been played before. What is Fez talking about? I'm going to play it one more time. Spoiler alert. It's not him. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. I want my spoiler alert back. Spoiler alert. I want my cigarettes, Nurse Ratchet! Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. I don't want Max cigarettes! I want my cigarettes! Spoiler alert. You guys went and got a homeless guy to do spoiler alert. <laughs> that is not Steve C. Uh, you found this where? I found this from 2010 from Steve C. This was a VO he sent me. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. That's like a... Spoiler alert. Now, where's the original one, though, from NEW? That's the one I want. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. I'll flip to 360. Something's fucking going on here. I want my cigarettes! Um, Alex, Texas, you're on the Run of Fest show. Hey, what's going on, Ronnie B? Anyway, that sounds like uh, Lost in Space Robot. But Ronnie B... I don't want his or his 
or his or even yours. I want my cigarettes, Nurse Ratchet. I want my cigarettes. Now I want somebody to run over, break the glass, and give me my fucking spoiler alert. There was a time when uh, the locker room used to be private. Like World Series, Super Bowl, they would never allow uh, cameras to go into the locker room. And now we celebrate that shit on the field. I hate that shit. There was something mysterious about the, the closed locker room. And that place should never be filmed. And whoever let that out is a dope. They well, do that. look how many That's things that we've decided we want backstage for. All of our movies, we want to know how the stunts are done, how the effects are done, um, what line was improvised, what line was written. There can be no magic there. Now I was seeing this thing on Facebook that they are giving the kids accounts as they are in the womb. Yeah. And they'll put the Facebook up there. And that's where it starts. Like, I kicked mommy today. Or like, give the kid fucking status updates. You fucking people need to be so public. Yeah. Like, I guess give, I'm hungry for tuna fish. Mommy, please eat the tuna fish. Can't wait to come out of your pussy. That's really... That's <laughs> fucking kid. Needs respect. <laughs> I'll put a, punch him right in his fetus head. Wait, are you ripping me out of the stomach? DA, you got a big story for me today, right, buddy? The uh, Major League Baseball has had a perfect baby in its mitts. In now, its mitts? Yeah. Catcher's mitts? No, uh, M-I-D-S-T. Um, this baby has been to two games in its short, tiny life, nine-month-old baby. Both games it's gone to, perfect game, pitched. All right, so the guy's taking his baby to two games, and in that, in both those games, a perfect game has come down. Where's this Seattle? Yeah, this is in Seattle. The first one was the White Sox pitcher that pitched the perfect game, and then um, I think it was Hernandez that pitched against the Rays. The two games this baby has gone to have been perfect games. So, what's your point on it? This is like some sort of magic lucky baby. <laughs> Who's not going to remember any of this? Well, first of all, it would only be lucky if it was your team that threw the perfect game. Once was against his team, once was for his team. But here's the other part of this that gets to me. Um, you know how many perfect games have been this season? No. Trace. Three. Do you know how many perfect games there were in the 1970s? In the 1970s, the decade. No. None. Why do we have so many fucking perfect games? Pitchers are getting fucking... When crazy. I was a kid, I think there was 13 perfect games in history. And now we have three this year. Yeah. It stops becoming this fucking cool thing if it starts happening too much. It, they, Forget pitch, this baby. This baby could be anybody. This pitcher is becoming... The pitchers are becoming freaks. Either that or the fucking... The fact that guys can't hit because we have too many teams. And there's a lot of guys that are in baseball that don't even fucking belong there. Because every fucking Bush League backwater town believes that they should have a fucking baseball team. So you've watered the sport down till no one gives a fuck. Yeah, the last one before this year. It was two in 2010. That was the last uh, year that there were perfect games. And now we've had three this year? Three this year. 
Philobumber, Matt Cain, and Felix Hernandez. Yeah, I don't see this as a perfect baby. I see this as something fucking needs to be realigned. We need to juice these boys up. If they make up a website proving where the juice came from, I got no problem with it. <laughs> Why did everyone just take the fucking Melky Cabrera route? We are going to get our... Uh, announce our first... I can't even believe it's here. Football season. The <sighs> polls are going up. The first one is going up today. That's what's up. I'm excited. You I should love, be excited. I love this shit. I can't fucking wait to start making picks. Sadly, I'm paying attention to the preseason pretty closely. Watched that game last night. Andrew Luck. Not looking as good as he did that first fucking game. I, you're watching practice. I know. And I had to hear the Philly teams, Philly fans last night, screaming about practice games. That's right. Fucking, hey, Vic almost fucking broke his hand. He's fine, though. Thank God. He gets hurt all the time. He's a fucking China doll. These guys are like, look, if we want him to be in a, a full-time pocket passer, I'm like, what are you fucking talking about? That's running. never going to happen. I think Andy Reid's got a hold on this season. Um... Frank, you're on the Running Fest show. Hey, Ronnie, if you had to choose three teams to eliminate from the league, which three would you choose? I think I know which couple of them would be, but which ones would you choose? Well, obviously, I'm going to get rid of the Florida teams right off the bat. They don't yeah, those give a shit. <laughs> but I would go a lot further. Uh, if you, I would, I'd initially go back and look at the original places that there was baseball, and say, are you guys holding up? Do we need you? After that, everybody in the south and everybody west of the Mississippi would be in big, big trouble. Braves are looking shitty. I'm going to take a look at it. I'm going to look it over. I get rid of the fucking Padre, uh, Padres. Never liked them. I think it's a shitty franchise. Look, when baseball was at its best, uh, 1950s, when you went west, you went to St. Louis and Chicago. That was the western trip. <laughs> That's fuck. That sounds fucking crazy. <laughs> what? They traveled by train. They Go weren't ahead. on any fucking planes. Three teams were in the fucking boroughs. <laughs> but if you look at it, when was hockey at its best? When it was a Canadian and border league. You know, when you had the Canadian teams and then the border places. Places where people loved hockey. That's where it made money. Football, I'm going to look in the Midwest first and keep that as my football central. And then I'm going to look around. Florida might be losing two, three teams there, too. Good. Florida may just think of itself as a, this is if I made what I want to have happen, made commissioner of every sport. Holy shit. And that includes the Olympics. <laughs> I don't know, one man, all that power. That's crazy. You're never going to get any sleep. You know what? Hitler had all that power and didn't work out for everybody. It's too much. Wouldn't someone multiple shits going on? Again, as soon as somebody tries to do something, we got the fucking naysayers, and that's you. Look, I hope you have like a board of trustees or something to help no, me out with this. I want just the opposite. Fuck. So you, I, I didn't see this game. You thought Andrew Luck blew? It wasn't a big. Uh, he doesn't look like impressed. a pro quarterback to you yet. Not yet. And RG three also didn't look too great either. Because fucking Washington doesn't have an offensive line. They're in a world of shit. 
it's asking a lot for these kids to come over and take over. <laughs> Everyone beat Cam Newton last year. Yeah, this system. And we didn't even see Cam Newton coming. Stop. Everyone thought it was going to be a crazy bust. Um, I got news for you. There's one of the people that I've been thinking about if he's going to intern for us. Okay. He really does need to be in our league. I'm really? talking about the strange little man that we call Coke. Coke? Wow, I know he's a football fan. He knows what he's talking about. Make me the Sometimes. list right now. Okay. Ron. Fez, is Fez on the bubble? I know he Fez made, is on the bubble. Yeah, because he jumped in. HG, uh, Kathleen, Blowhard, Bubble. No, Blowhard's in. Okay, Blowhard's in. Myself, I'd like to be considered. How in. many we got now? That's uh, seven. All right, go ahead. Pips, because he has to be in. Then Mikey Boy out? No, he's in. Oh, wow. All right. All right. All right, things are getting interesting now. What about Dave, Dave out? Dave, Dave out, Earl Dave out. Dave Mack and Earl are in, uh, obviously in the bubble like Fez. <laughs> and then Hard Rock Johnny has been lying in bed. That would make 10, right? That's that's coming up on 10, yeah. All right, give me the exact list of where I am, and then I'm going to make some moves. All right. Uh, but let's treat, as for today, Hard Rock Johnny and Mikey Boy as if they're in. All right. Make me up the list with that. Coke as if he's in. Um, one of the problems that I have, you know, message board people, and you're on the bubble because of this. I like people who also create, not just respond, but I do. I think almost everybody should, should respond. Look, I'm fucking going to kill on the message board. What about Coke? Is he a message board guy? What are you going to do while the league's going on, Fez, this year? Well, I guess I'll, uh, if I'm not part of it, then I would really still like to be part of it. I just, well, you make for a very I mean, I lackluster mean, fucking I jumped the case. gun. <laughs> you make for a lackluster case. But what else will you be doing? Starting a new league? <gasps> Renegade league? Holy shit. I would shit. start my own league, yeah. What? Then you'll never get back in our league. That's it. Wow. That fucking ends today. Wow. That's fucking crazy move. That's fucked up. I couldn't be more offended. That is fucked up. Because I tell you, if I was out of our league, I don't want to play with anybody else. I certainly don't want to go to the bushes. Fucking Who's shit. Who's it going to be? You, the Dallas, Punchy, who else? I, I I don't know at this point, but I you're not even you. I, I I still if I'm on the bubble, I still want to have a chance to get back in. You the sound Ron like Fez Bo league. You sound like Bobo right now, rather than the guy who deserves to be there. You sound like Bobo with his mom. Oh boy, oh boy. Let's this... go over yours. The shower bench in your league, Fez. Is Punchy in your league? I ha no, I haven't established a league yet. You got to keep your storyline moving along. There's you can't be locked. You, and your heels locked in. All right, let's go over. Okay, Ron. Full Fez is totally out now because yeah. of the alternate league. Ron, HTG, Kathleen, myself, Pips, Blowhard, Mikey Boy, Coke. How many names is that? Johnny. Nine. So now we have a without Fez, we have a open slot. Could and Mikey a, Boy's in the league? Mikey Boy's in. I'm counting Mikey Boy as in as of right now. That's nine. 
could go a Rustin. Had Feds not started this Renegade League, we'd be at the even 10. Let's put Earl back in. All right. Earl. All right. Black Earl. Yeah, so we know which one he is. <laughs> Doug. <laughs> I had a niece and nephew here last or a couple weeks ago from Florida when Earl was in. And I'm going, and they're like nice little kids, right? I'm like, this is Black Earl. Do you know why we call him Black Earl? And they just stood there. <laughs> I'm going to go, because he dresses all in black. Did you notice? And they're like, oh, yeah. We were wondering about that. Oh, at least oh, the Earl's back in. Hey, free win. Yeah. Well, free win against you or free win against Earl? Oh, no, 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 no. I, I'm fucking, I am keeping my shit together this year. So, um, and then, Fed, you're going to have your own league. This is fucking crazy. I never thought this would happen. Me neither. And when he came up with it, I was fucking stunned. And I have to tell you, I feel like a little stabbed in the back. Man, this fantasy football gets crazy, dude. Never thought, starting this. Never had a love like mine, mine. So, right, we should make up Fez's leg. It's right, Fez, right. Uh, shower bench, punchy. Um, Dallas, um, Dow, like in Dowism. Oh. Um, I guess we could put a Shrekalove in there. Sure. Narkzito, maybe? Yeah, throw Narkzito down. <laughs> and what about Mark Zito, too? Yeah, Mark Zito belongs on that, because him and Fez are close. Alright, that's looking good. stand him. Um... Maybe some of the AQ guys. Okay. Frank DeCaro is perfect. Yep. We all love Frank. Put Bobo Q in <laughs> since he's getting things going. Got me one more to make Eric in Houston, you're on the run of Fez show. Hey, I'll join Fezzy's league. All right, Eric from Houston's down. Eric from Houston. Uh, Tim in Jersey. Uh, I wanted to get in on the Renegade Fruit League. Yeah, sure you're in. Tim, Jersey. How many does that give him now? That's over 10. You can uh, do up to 16 team fucking league. Get, I mean, yeah, you should probably have as many as you can. I mean, go deep. If not, let's get rid of Frank DeCaro. Okay. <laughs> All right, DeCaro's out. Fuck it. Just Bobo Q, Eric from Houston, Tim from Jersey. How many is that? That's 10. So it's Fez, Shower Bench, Punchy, Dallas. Shrek of Love, Narc Zito, Mark Zito, Bobo Q, Eric from Houston, Tim from Jersey. That's the Renegade League. I'm Mark in Chicago. You're in my face. I want to be in the major leagues. Come on, you got to have somebody represent the audience, Ron, in your league. We just have, oh, you mean in our real league? Yeah, no. I don't want a minor league. You know who represents the audience? HTG, yeah. Kathleen, Blowhard, no, Mikey Boy. Johnny, the audience, Hard Rock Johnny. The audience is well represented. I've been listening to you guys. Believe me, they're not represented. you got to have a true fan. What's who knows uh, wait a minute. You tell me Kathleen doesn't have any fan thing about her at all? What she the? writes to me after league. every interview. You guys. you got to have a real, a, real league, a real fan. None of these... None of these carpet layers. Come on, Ron. Wait a minute. Why are they carpet layers? How are they laying? Construction. Part of your group. Come on. 
Come on, you got to have somebody. Yeah, but you would be part of my group the second that you got in. You know what right. I mean? Everybody would like, fucking Mark from Chicago is turning into a dick. A Let me tell you something else. I'm going to put up another name here um, for Fez's League. Okay. And Holly in Seattle, oh. for me, she's like the most local. Like, she sends us tons of Seattle stuff, and she used to send us tons of Tampa stuff. <laughs> All right. She gets and I'm like, that's yet. perfect. You know, like, now I'm up to date on what's happening in Seattle. Like, I used to be up to date on what's happening in Tampa. All thanks to Holly. Oh, good work, Holly. So then maybe Frank DeCaro's back in because that'll make it an even 12. No, let's get rid of Tim from Jersey. Okay, bye, Tim. <laughs> Eric from Houston, not looking too good for you. Who do you think's going to win his league? I got a name right off the bat. Punchy gets into his kitchen. Oh, shit. I know, Shower Bench is pretty Shower fucking Bench cerebral. Is, yeah. And always beats Fez at the gay marriage stuff. So Shower Bench could really fucking kill in the draft. Work that fucking waiver wire. Oh, I'm so excited. Tim in Oklahoma, you're on the Run of Fez show. Who's dick do I gotta suck to get in the Renegade League? <laughs> <laughs> Email I a photo of yours. And then he'd be sucking his own dick. Oh, freak. you want to suck the dick? You don't want your dick sucked. Right. Well, either one would be fine, but I wouldn't mind really? sucking a dick. <laughs> you want to get your dick sucked? All right. <laughs> You're gonna get blown. I'm... All right, you get in my leg, but I get to blow you first. <laughs> this is one of the reasons why you're out of our league. It's crazy. We're gonna miss you though. Look at Coke coming up. Jumping in the league. Coke has basically bounced Fez from his own league. Shit, Coke. Is Coke in today? Yeah, Coke's in today. Bring him by. Come on, Cokes. I a... like to teach the world to sing. Sing with me. Perfect harmony. Perfect harmony. I like to watch the world with Coke. And keep it company. New theme song for Coke. I'm worried we're going to get sued, but... Or at least the cease and desist. <laughs> I don't know. We were actually naming him that after the product. RC Colon Studio. <laughs> <laughs> They'd be like, yeah, we got a mansion. <laughs> Only one intern has ever been allowed into this league okay. before you. And that was the greatest intern of all time. Yeah. The Draft House Kid. That's right. Know who comes before you. Okay. Are you ready for this? Yeah. I mean, you're going to be replacing fucking Fez. Okay. In his own league. I can handle are you sure? Do you know how fucking big this is? <laughs> yeah, I've, the been biggest thing that ever I've been happened. back there listening. Now, do you know that you have to post on a pretty constant basis on our message board? you got to kill it on the message board. And yeah, you have to that. walk the line of busting balls without hurting feelings. Because our we've got a bunch of thin-skinned motherfuckers in our league. I can do now, that. Now, Blowhard is a racist, so try not to bring that up too much. <laughs> and can I just tell you something, though? Yeah. I knew the Draft House Kid. Oh, no. The Draft House Kid was a friend of mine. Okay. And you, sir, are no Draft House Kid. Well, we'll see this upcoming season what happens. Are you familiar with I'll tell you what, he made the worst uh, trade ever to me, and it really helped me out a lot. So you'll be thinking about that, making yeah. some bad trades to Ronnie B. That's right. Okay. Who was he after? I think I... 
fuck was it? It wasn't fun. Oh, it was after a quarterback because his quarterback got hurt. So I gave him somebody stupid. I think it was like your backup, too. I got a backup, and I think I ended up getting a, a decent runner out of him. Did you get like AP or some shit from um, him? AP's been with me since the beginning. And don't do this. Just draft the whole Vikings team like no, you did. No, Woody, I don't want to lose. Dave <laughs> wants to play Giants against the Vikings, <laughs> which is actually kind of funny when you think about it. Yeah. Because that way you can have a real league. Not so yeah. much a fantasy league. <laughs> and it would be interesting, though, to see if your stars did enough to win oh, that's, and yeah. were only drawn down by the other guys. Fuck. Okay. That'd be crazy. Because you wouldn't be playing the same team that you would be playing that week. No. So you could, let's say, play the Falcons, lose to the Falcons by one, but have enough points to beat, let's say, the Bucks, who won three to nothing. Yeah. I don't know why I had to bring up Fez's team losing. I guess because he's in the other league. In the Renegade League. This seems weird, you listening to our, our league stuff. It, it seems very weird being on the outs of the Ron and Fez League. The Ron League. It's not the Ron League. I'm not going to call it the Ron and Fez League if you're going to have your own league. There it is. Actually, with the Ron League, I should get two teams. What? You can't fuck this up, Coke. I won't. <sighs> Maybe I should call it the Ron and Kathleen from the Bronx Lake since she's won twice. It has a nice ring. Ouch. You don't mind kicking Fez while he's down. I could name it after Hicks and call it the Ron and Moron League. I, I'm not a moron. <laughs> That's what the papers used to do to me and my partner when we were the Ron and Ron show. It would always be like Ron and moron did one of their pranks today that ended up with a listener death Jesus. one of our listeners was smoking crack we gave away like a date to some fucking concert or something so he stopped to get some crack and got fucking blasted and they acted like i was responsible for it oh come on i go first of all i snort coke like a fucking white man a so let's get that out of the way b you're in a limo. Have the limo driver get out and fucking get your crack. Don't you do it. <laughs> fucking guys are employee, basically. So it's the Ron to be determined league as of right now. Is the Ron and Chris Stanley. I would love to have my name in the league. No, remember last year we called it the tits and ass division. Yeah. I don't even know what the, the divisions are going to be. Normally me and Fez were in different divisions. Now we're in different leagues. This is fucking crazy. I never thought he'd quit on us and start a new league. I was thrown out. I had no options. You weren't thrown out. You put yourself up. You bet <laughs> on it. Well, yeah, and but then, then when you... I lost the bet, I got thrown out. You didn't get thrown out. You were on the bubble. You were, bub you were on the bubble, and then you said that you were starting your own league. Well, more power to you. I hope you and Narc Zito and Shower Bench and Punch are very fucking happy. <laughs> and Mark Zito. And Eric from Houston. I can't believe it, but Mark Zito is almost the coolest person in that league. Because <laughs> shower bench is a lot of things, but Cool's never going to fucking lock into that. Look, Mark Zito looking good for once. Put him at the top of the league. Maybe it should be called the Mark Zito's league. No, this is this is my <laughs> renegade league. Oh, listen to how listen to him bragging about leaving his fucking friends. <sighs> Sucks. Maybe you guys should be doing your own renegade show then. I don't give a fuck. 
I'll put Narc Zito <laughs> up there too, just because it sounds like Mark Zito. Sure. All right, when we come back, uh, a lot more to get to, including your chances to win this year's football pool. I'm worried about you, Coke. If you end up winning this fucking league, I'm going to be furious with you. We'll see. see he's cocky. You we'll fucking he's dick. He's cocky. I don't even know if he belongs in there now. Oh, come on. Uh, yeah, this yeah. would have been the point I would have put Fez back in, just from that we'll see. If Fez hadn't already started his own uh, renegade, renegade radio Mark, show Mark against us. Are you guys going to go up at the same exact time as us? So people will be going back and forth during our radio war, listening to one show, then the other? <laughs> oh, shit, man. Hmm. It's like a schism in the Catholic Church or some shit, you know? I'm going to write this up in my blog. Oh! The blog. Well, it's actually a vlog now. I moved ahead. Good. I'm vlogging. <laughs> Get on Viddy, right? That's the yeah, video Viddy. site. Yeah, You can beautify your videos. I didn't know that. Yeah, it's just a thing. All right, we break here. We'll be back. Your chance to win and win big... And when very big, and Coke, just something I want you to stay on. Find out everything you can about Tony Scott. I want to know why he did this. Why would a very rich movie producer, director, television producer, young kids, living a great life, what happened? He's fucked up. This made me just sit and stare last night, going, ah. It makes no goddamn sense. Yeah. It's terrible. I don't get it. I'll be on it. I'll find oh, wait. Oh, oh. What, you got new news? This is a fucking spy report right here. All right. Let's just jump on a... Spy report. Spy report. Spy report. Spy report. It's coming from people. An unnamed source has told ABC News that Tony Scott had been diagnosed with inoperable brain cancer. See, that's what I was thinking. That makes mm. me feel better. Fuck. Wow. That's, that's literally the, all it's news. That makes me feel better. Yeah. Then I feel like he did his own thing. Why he decided to go off a bridge, though, like, you know, I guess like an action star. <laughs> you know, maybe he had shot yeah. so many stunts, he just wanted to say what was like. And why didn't he have it shot by some of his best people? He could have fucking gone viral. His last film could have been his biggest I feel a little better about that then. Yeah, it's saying no further medical details are available, but yeah, so just unnamed source telling ABC, ABC News that. Okay, that's big. Good job. That's everything expected out of Coke. You got Thank it. Thank you. Yeah. You got it, and Coke did nothing. Good. Um, so am I still in the bubble? Am I good for the league? I mean... Oh, you are just fucking solid right now, dude. All right. I feel pretty good. Me, you, and the girls are the only ones that are completely solid. Thank God. Fez would have been back in right now. We got to figure out a draft day date and time. Yeah. We're probably going to draft during the show and let Fez do his show that day. Oh, fuck. We'll, do, we'll go to a bar and draft. That sounds awesome. What are you yeah. going to be doing it on, Fez? Do you know? I, I don't have my own radio show. I just have my own Renegade League. You got both, dude. You can get a podcast going, too. You know what? We will do two shows. 
during the same show. It'll be Ron time and then Fest time. This is wild. This feels like the beginning and the end. All because of fantasy you know what? football. I've been lucky in love. Maybe I should have something like this happen in real life, though. You know what I mean? Like, in my work life. Maybe I, I need to understand what it's like to have Brutus fucking put a knife in your back. I always say this, when there's a distraction to the team, get rid of it. That's always been my old saying. Well, now I find out I'm the distraction. At least we're in a fantasy football league. All right, I'll be doing my break next, and that'll be the uh, chance for you to win as we get our football pool started up. It's the Ron and Fez Show. Ron and Fez Show. Ron and Fez. Uh, football season officially opens today because we're putting the Ron and Fez football pool up oh, um, and that couldn't be more exciting because at this point you do have to say to yourself I'm in first place and I have a chance to win it all it feels good what is the name of the poll that we have up there? That's uh, the Interrobang. Now, the link can found, be found where? Uh, right on the front page in the box. The Interrobang Annual Football Pick'em League is open. Now, I'm going to also tell you this before we even get away. I'm going to give away some prizes today. Oh, shit. Just names that we pick out. Head on over to the Interrobang. Sign up for the Football League. Get there before all your friends. And you can win. Win prizes today. Be a baller. Uh, Mark, you're on the Run and Fest show. Hey, Pepper, I just wanted to let you know I'm getting high right now, and that intro coming back from break at the spot, buddy. Nice job. There you go. Just it's a playlist. That's all it is, buddy. You do, you're into the chicks today, right? Yeah, yeah. In a big, big way. It's good shit. Shit. You just use the word shit as if that's a... Uh... It's, po- it's in a positive way. Uh, so, it's the uh, Pick'em League is up. This is just you... Picking the teams you think 
is going to win this year. Um, and it's that simple. Uh, the editor from the Terrabang is already the first person up there. Oh, shit. Oh, damn. Already on the league. I jumped in. I'm in. I can't wait to start making fucking picks. I can't wait for this shit. Now fucking people are just getting prizes. You're giving prizes out? I'm going to give out um, some prizes today to opening people. I know my team, as I'm saying that, are looking through, looking for some fun prizes that'll be in the big-ass prize closet. Um, but it's going to be great. All right, 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. Uh, coming up a little later on in the show, uh, we've got an interview with another gold medal uh, woman. This guy, girl stopped by to see us, and she won the gold medal for judo. Hicks, her name is? Kayla Harrison. Uh, you and I were completely shocked <laughs> how ripped she was. Fucking huge. Her never, arms look like granite. Never saw a woman uh, this ripped before. Uh, nice piece over the weekend. Now let's get to a couple of the weekend pieces because there was a couple of great ones. Number one is NBC continues to shit on Jay Leno. Jay Leno, whether you're a fan or not a fan, has had a number one show on NBC for like 20 years. And NBC cuts his staff by 20 and makes him take a cut in pay, even though he came back to the 1130 spot After they when they had them. dropped and took him back up to number one. Yep. They... Two things. Why do they treat Jay Leno like this? Uh, and B, and maybe this is a connection, why does he allow himself to be treated like exactly. this? Exactly. He, he, he lets him do it. It's so almost like the bullying thing. It's, he is the Prince Amakamura of NBC. Allowing himself being, to be bullied by Cable Town, who has now taken over uh, NBC for anybody who follows along with 30 Rock. But the new company could come in there, cut the number one guy's pay. Because there was always a thing in in television that if you're not number one, you could be fired. You know what I mean? Like, other than having being number one in your time slot is the only kind of peace and comfortable time that you're ever going to have. He's gotten it. For years. And yet they still shit upon him. They must not just not like him. They they but they took him back, which is it's bizarre. I don't know what the fuck NBC is doing. I don't get their their cruelty. I don't get their cruelty at all. What with this pay cut he can afford his garages? I'm worried about those cars. Uh I think I'm he's worried. I'm just gonna point at this. And give out a prize right now to people that are signing up. Oh, shit. I'm going to point at it and not even know where it goes. Boom. Fat full. One. Fat, fat full. full one. You got it. You're going into the big ass prize closet. You got yourself a prize, dog. So, uh, Fez, I interrupted you. You were going to tell me um, what you thought. Oh, I think Jay Leno's going along with everything so smoothly uh, on the outside because he's afraid of looking like the dick in another late night mess. I think he's exhausted and uh, and doesn't want to like start another late night war in the press. This is what got him in trouble the second time, though taking shit. The second time he 
was pushed around and allowed himself to be doing it when he was number one. He's doing the same thing now. It's almost like you can't tell these people, I really like my job here and I don't want to leave. Because if you do that in corporate America, they're going to get away. They're going to get you. Um, here's Jack in New Jersey. You're on the Run of Fez show. And I think NBC does it to him because he lets him, and I think he lets him because he doesn't. He probably doesn't feel like he even belongs there because Carson tapped Letterman, and everyone knew that. But Leno slid on in there, and I don't think he's ever really felt like it was his thing or he belongs. Granted, he's number one. In the twenty years, he's proven himself, though. Whether yeah, you're yeah, a fan of him or not, just from a corporate point of view. He's been a cash machine, and he's worked. Now, Letterman's also worked because CBS has never had anything else there. And now they make tons of money, and he gets to say how he's treated. Uh, John Stewart made something out of nothing. He gets to say how he's treated. Now, when you're not doing well, you got to take shit. When you're fucking up, and a boss comes around and starts to give shit... And your team isn't number one. You're going to get punched in the gut and take it. That happens in life. Some guys will say fuck you and leave anyway. But you can get it when that happens. You're like, look, we're not performing. We have our own fucking thing that isn't coming through. Right now, Fat Fool is on top of the world. He's got himself a fucking prize just for fucking joining the Pick'em League. By the way, we're already on the second page of this league. Fuck yeah. This is going to be fun as shit. No idea we'd already be on second prize. Um, but if he walked away from them now, they'd be in fucking trouble. Yeah, if Leno said, I'm not taking your shit, I'm out, <laughs> NBC would be fucked. But Leno doesn't see that. He just sees, hey, I'll be fucked. Mm-hmm. I mean, they, they'd have to move up Fallon, maybe? I, who knows? They're not going to be ready to do that. No, they yeah. could not do that. It'll be a clusterfuck. And they don't reruns. want that happening so close to Fallon. They want to keep building Fallon up, make it a nice, easy transition for Fallon. They don't want to just drop him to fucking 1130 right now. And all of a sudden, people saying, oh, look, his numbers aren't as great when he's up against Dave. Oh, shit. Jimmy looks like an asshole. Because, you know, Jimmy runs a fun, silly 1230 show, but they don't get too silly at 1130. You know, nobody wants to sit around and watch him playing ping pong or whatever he's doing. Or weird games. There's always games being played. He loves playing games. That like... shit works at 1230. He's got it. He's doing a great show. But does will it work at 1130? Nobody knows yet. It ain't like they're getting Conan back. <laughs> Gun said fuck you. Or no, they just kicked his ass out. You know, well, yeah, yeah. In a way, he did say fuck you when, you tried, when they tried to push him. Oh, yeah. He wouldn't be pushed. I don't know. I just wish I would be made the commissioner of all these leagues and I could be Leno's agent so I could fucking teach him how to say fuck you. When you're winning, when you're losing, take the shit. Get knocked down. Get a big spoonful of shit and swallow it. When you're winning, you don't have to. Uh, so there was out there. Uh, there's a little piece, Paul F. Tompkins or Louis C.K., who would win a fist fight. Somebody uh, put it up to Paul F. Tompkins. 
I've had both those guys on on mass that I have to tell you, I don't know. They're both grapplers, there's no doubt about it. It'd be a good fight. The my biggest problem was is it a fight to the death? Or is it just a bar fight? I'd say fight to the death, because who's gonna want to live that down after, you know, hey, holy shit, Paul Thompson's beat the fuck out of me. That's terrifying. And it was fucking televised and it's everywhere on the internet and everyone brings it up to me every time I see them. Or vice versa. That terrifies me. Two reasons. Number one, we're gonna lose a great comedian no matter what happens. Yeah, definitely. Two, we're also gonna be left with a damaged champion. Maybe Louie could turn this into a funny episode. I don't know. If that Paul F. Tompkins seems to drink quite a bit, though. He likes a couple cocktails. I can relate. A lot of them. I can relate. I love a cocktail. He's also a man out of time. Good wardrobe. Um, Mike, you're on the Run of Fez show. Hey, Ronnie, I think all these nighttime. My wife and I tried to watch one the other night, Letterman. He's not funny anymore. And I don't think, I don't think any of them are funny. We're not doing a critical analysis of it. What we're saying is who's bringing in the cash. Probably none of them. They all suck. They're all, n- just They're because you and your wife, now you're hanging up instead of having a conversation. <laughs> just because you and your wife don't like something doesn't mean they're not making a, a lot of money out of it. They wouldn't be on television if they weren't making For instance, money. I don't go to Nebraska football games. Yeah, I'm sure they make a hell of a lot of money. Tanking. You're not there. Yeah. They're fucking shot. No one shows up. And I can't make the thing because I don't want to go to go. Nobody watches Nebraska. <laughs> they come on. Everyone just switches the channel. Well, they wouldn't even I, go to I, that I, state. I can sit here as a human being and go, man, that Nebraska sure sells out a lot. I'm not just going to use my own personal feeling about it. Casey in L.A., you're on the Run of Fest show. Casey. Oh, hey, I'm sorry, Ron. I didn't really... I no worries, buddy. Hey, uh, good morning, Senator Ron. Um, I don't know what that means. I was uh, calling to uh, comment on uh, the suicide of uh, Director Tony Scott. Did you guys hear about that? Yeah, I said I saw this last night. I was absolutely shocked. Yeah, it was quite shocking, too. I worked for him on, on a couple of movies um, doing special effects, and uh, he was like the most uh, kind of lighthearted, jovial, nice old guy. It was, uh, came as a real shock to me. And living the life that anybody would want to live. Giant blockbusters. Yeah, and constantly Absolutely. producing. Uh, but now, Casey, they're saying uh, there's a report that he had an inoperable brain tumor, which... No kidding. Yeah, oh, that's... I hadn't read that. Yeah, that's not... It's not 100%, right, Chris? No, that was from people from an unnamed source. Yeah, to, to so ABC. if something like that uh, happened, I could see it a little more. Although yeah, the way he yeah, did yeah. it kind of freaks me. Yeah, it's kind of interesting, though. I, I mean... <laughs> It's it's certainly like a little more ceremonious and cool than you know like taking a bunch of sleeping pills or something like that. Like most absolutely, people would do. yeah. So anyway, there you go. Have a good day, guys. All right. Sorry about that. The loss for everybody out there too, because um, I do agree that those Scott brothers seem to be nothing but class. Yeah. They always seem like good guys. They make commercial films, but films that you can still sit down and Fun. watch. That. Um, what was the sub movie? Oh, Crimson Tide. I never turned that shit off. It's a fucking good movie. By the way, Tarantino did a kind of a polish on that. When you get around to the kind of comic book talk, I think that was Tarantino. Yeah. New York Daily News is picking up the brain uh, brain cancer thing too now. It's... Makes a little more sense. Yeah. And Entertainment Weekly. Well, they're all picking up the one. Yeah. Uh, 
You got to keep moving. Moving, everybody moving. Uh, already up to our third page on football. Everybody wants to play this. We've already given out two prizes. I mean, one prize. Second prize will be coming up soon. Oh, shit. Um, for the people who want to do it during the show today. That's right. You can pick yourself. You can be in the prize closet. I want to win this fucking thing this year. I've had bad luck with the pick them and the. I, I just. I want to. I well, it happened to me win. at the Olympics. I'm, I'm stuck win. at number 30. Like, I'm, excuse good. me, like an idiot. That's good. That's a, that's a good fucking ranking. That's where I expect you. I expect myself up like number one. I was like 330 or something. <laughs> I was fucked up. Finally. Pick games again. Uh, another piece up I thought you would get a kick out of this one uh, and that was the gentleman running for vice president of the United States on his uh, Facebook uh, he attacked somebody who claimed that they were a big fan of his and that person Chris Stanley Tom Rello. The person he attacked. Oh, uh, Paul Ryan. So Paul Ryan, who's running for vice president on the Republican side, picks this really ultra-left wing, fuck the police, uh, you know, anarchy. attack. Yeah, anarchy, maybe even further, as if I want to be an anarchist against the anarchist. Um. But certainly, at the very most, Tom Morello has been, uh, and Zach Del, Del Roca, has been very left-wing in their political uh, leadings. Hell yeah. Um, Paul Ryan says this is his favorite band, gets shat upon. I just see it as a political mistake. Why do you let yourself do that? Because he doesn't understand them. this. This guy Ryan doesn't understand music. He does understand. He hears a rock band. He doesn't hear their political message. He just. I'm sure other people liked it, and he heard the music, the fucking guitar riffs and shit. It was like, okay, that sounds cool. But you never pay attention to the lyrics. It's impossible. I think the guy just heard Rage Against the Machine. I'm sure he likes them, but he's never fucking thought about a fucking word. Either of those guys. I don't even out. think it was that much. I think he went to some sort of consultant and said, "What's a fire your fucking consultant?" <laughs> yeah, that guy's yeah. an because you couldn't. Uh, there's no way any consultant will let you do this. Let's suppose uh, Obama said it. Would he be judged by this? Yes, he would be judged by even picking somebody as far out as these guys. Why do you allow yourself to do this? Now, that's one thing, because I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to side with Chris a little bit and say that he did hear something or he works out to it. But I think you're retarded. I think you're retarded if you have a favorite band and you have no idea what the lyrics are saying. Or if you could even say, I like this band, but I don't like the lyrics. It's a full package. You can't have one without the other. Unless it's classical music. Or, and I'm... This is your fucking music. 
This is your music. This is just perfectly stupid that this came out. It's retarded. And Paul Ryan just looks like a fucking even more of a giant douchebag. And even let's say when you when you brought up like classical or jazz. Yeah, I think you might not understand where let's say Monk is coming from and be like, "What? He's he said that. I didn't know that. I just listened to his music." Yeah. But to listen to Rage Against the Machine or watch or their, see them Watch a music with, video. Yeah, with the American flag upside down. Or a big anarchist fucking thing going. Fucking up Wall Street. Or Che. Yeah, they did a thing, a, a video years ago, so probably you... pre-George Bush. Yeah, I think it was during the Clinton years, where they did an Occupy Wall Street, where they kind of set up downtown to set them up. And then I look, at, uh, even at some of the commenters on us, uh, people acting like they could understand how this could happen. I think you're an asshole if you don't know who your band is. Yeah, uh, it's. I love. I love that Tom Morello came out immediately, wrote that fucking article for fucking Rolling Stone. It's great. Some people are angry about that, like, "Hey, you shit on your fans." He doesn't want the guy's a fucking fan. You also, if you're trying to make message music, I think that you would hate that your message isn't gotten. Yeah, it's killing them. Um. That's so Chris humiliating, Cre too, to be a fan of someone and have that person say, well, we hate you. I can't think of any other case. I don't know how that could happen. Like, I never heard of, like, somebody going to so extreme. Uh, yeah, turn this fucking thing up when they're... On the steps of the fucking exchange. By the way, because he tell me what consultant thought this was a good idea. Uh, I can't imagine anybody making that big a mistake. There's a green skin with burning money. I can't. Uh, I can't understand Paul Ryan making uh, setting himself like this up. Yeah, Michael Moore shows up in the fucking. Thing. Yeah, at best, make it. Uh, Michael Moore directed this video. At most, make it a guilty pleasure that you listen to at your house. But why, if you're a Republican um, congressman running for vice president, um, and by the way, I think that people who would even do the, I like the music and not the lyrics, I can't imagine hanging out with those people. It doesn't make any sense. It's, uh, it's a fucking weird thing to say. Chris Christie goes through this with, uh, on one level, where... Springsteen doesn't want to have anything to do with them. Um, and I give that more of a play because of the Jersey thing. <laughs> and knowing that Chris Christie is just like so Jersey proud yeah. and doesn't get it. Uh, you know, and is even like still acting like, I don't know why Bruce 
never talks to me or again you don't listen but it, it's still not the same distance apart that rage and fucking Paul Ryan are at it's totally fucking crazy um A great guitar solo yeah it's amazing and that's the guy who fucked with him yeah good for Tom Morello So this is what Morello had to say. Don't mistake me. I clearly see that Ryan has a whole lot of rage in him. A rage against women, a rage against immigrants, a rage against workers, a rage against gays, a rage against the poor, a rage against the environment. Basically, the only thing that he's not raging against is the privileged elite he's groveling in front of for campaign con uh, contributions. Now, take that, uh, uh, you know, You've given Tom Morello this fucking softball. You've given it to him. <laughs> it's great. If Tom Morello would have went out and said this, which he probably may have if they weren't, you know, saying that this was his favorite band, we wouldn't be paying that much attention to it. It's only when you get it. But here's the thing in Rage Against the Machine. Dude, you're trying to be the fucking machine. You are yes, the machine. Yes. You're a Republican congressman. You're this machine that they're raging against. They're fucking enemy number one. Why are you so fucking dense? Um, Eric, you're on the Run of Fez show. Hey, boys. I, I, I think this is interesting on so many levels. First thing that caught my eye was, like you just said, Ron, who is the machine here that they're raging against? But, you know, it, beyond that, it, it's he's a young guy. It's He's stupid for not knowing it, but it, it's just it, it makes me think of so many times we, we think about at some point we're going to have people in nursing homes listening to Bone and Dr. Dre and talking about shooting each other in the face with shotguns. I, I just think it's interesting to see a younger guy now coming up. But he, I mean, he's just, it, like you said, dense. There's no way he can miss this. And there, there's no way that it. you write this up as your favorite band. You, you just don't make a mistake like that. He was like 20, he was like 28 when fucking Battle of Los Angeles came out, which was the big album. Now, the other side of that as well is, don't you think to use, uh, is there any chance of this that he really does agree with Rage and he's just a sellout? <laughs> is that even a remote possibility that somewhere inside of him? Now, when you see how many of these Republican judges flip, the conservative judges flip on the Republicans, I would be thinking about that. Does this guy somewhere inside of him Agree with that music that he listens to. Oh, if he does, that's just the fuck. It's depressing that he's fucking selling out this hard and being Romney's fucking running mate. That's fucking so. That's horrible to actually have these fucking ideals or whatever, or even somewhat close to of what he's, he's fucking gonna... banging his head to it. He's fucking sitting around in his car going, "Yes, yes, bulls are on parade." I'd like some Manchurian candidate shit. Fuck. Crazy.
over here to Russ. Russ, you're on the Ron and Fez show. Hey, this, uh, as a conservative, there's no conservative music to listen to. It's only, you know, if you want to listen to rock or punk or whatever, there's no conservatives out there. To- you got, first of all, you got country music, and you got Kid Rock, uh, you got Ted Nugent, um, I don't know, oh, uh, you got the whole fucking, um, the bald-headed prick from Chicago. Oh. Yeah, but I mean, you're talking Ted Nugent. Yeah. What is it, the 70s? So, yeah. you know, as a 30-year-old, you're not listening to Ted Nugent, you know. You're going to be listening to Rage Against the Machine or Metallica. Let, or, let me tell you, too, Rage Against the Machine, because of the way they are, it's basically saying, hey, I like fucking Abby Hoffman. I just don't agree with everything that he says. You know what I mean? It's not saying, even like saying, I like the Beatles, I just don't agree with everything that they say off. You were fucking sitting around singing along the fucking songs that are about fucking taking it down. About forcibly taking things down. Just destroying the 1%. Fuck you, I won't do what you tell me. Fuck you, I won't do what you tell me. Uh, here's Keith. Keith, you're on the Ron and Fez show. Hey, Ron. Uh, you know, I, I think if you're a young guy, you're listening to this music coming up, and, and maybe you have a lot of these anti-establishment feelings, but then at some point you decide, you know, I'm not just going to rage against the machine, but I want to try to change the machine, and the best way to change it is from within. So you, the, you This is... You could not make this fucking move. Maybe a leftist politician could say that, but you certainly could not come out uh, in the way. And I had this debate with somebody saying that they thought inside maybe he felt this way. No fucking way. I can't believe it for a second. It would be... Killing in the name of...
our forces are the same that bar crosses. Some of those that work forces are the same that bar crosses. Some of those that work forces are the same that bar crosses. Some of those that work forces draw the same that bar crosses. Fuck you, I won't do 
Now, if you can tell me that you can listen to that song, enjoy it, but disassociate yourself away from the lyrics, I'm going to probably say to you, art probably isn't for you. You're almost too fucking stupid to get any kind of art. That The fucking lyrics are interwoven into that song, and it's about fucking seriously not putting up with the authorities. Now, I don't know why he made the stupid thing of this, but go back to Morello. Do you think that he has the right to say our music isn't for you? Uh, yeah, I mean, Ryan doesn't have to listen to him, but he's the artist, he's the guy who created it. But to be able to say, look, you're <laughs> fucking taking this the wrong way. <laughs> he is! He's taking it the wrong way. And anyone who agrees, like, oh, there's plenty of bands that I like, but I'm not really like the lyrics. You shouldn't be listening to music, seriously. You should fucking, you and Fez should sit in total silence. Good for Morello. He's right. It is at least his music, and the guy shouldn't have put up This Is My Favorite Band without expecting to be kicked in the fucking balls. He's a dick. Tom Morello has to get out there what his music is about now. If someone sees it tied there's, in with... There's not one person who's going to be confused about this. There's not a single other person who would confuse themselves what Rage Against the Machine <laughs> are like. Now, I get that someone goes, I'm going to use a Jackson Brown song... And what? I didn't know that Jackson would have a problem with that. Or I'm going to use a Tom Petty song. Because that happens all the time. Where Tom Petty goes, hey, I don't want you using my song. We stand for the opposite things. Rage Against the Machine. It's cut and dry. Again, it is honestly like wearing an Abby Hoffman shirt or a fucking Chase shirt. And going, I just really like it because it's a comfortable shirt. I don't understand why everybody's bitching here. It's just... It's too stupid for a politician to make that mistake. Or it's too stupid for any fucking music lover to make that fucking mistake. I don't see Paul Ryan being a huge music lover. I'm going to take him at his word that he says he fucking likes rage. Either A, he's too dumb to get the lyrics, or B, doesn't give a shit about uh, the lyrics and just wants something to work out to, which I think makes you a moron. I do. I'm sorry. <laughs> and on a po on a political thing, never set up the other side like that, dude. <laughs> because he's great. right. You can't sit around and be against women's rights or against gay rights and act like, but I'm a big fan of Rage Against the Machine. Love you guys' message. Yeah. I love to be in the pit. <laughs> All right. We got a break again. Uh, we come back. We'll be giving away another prize. Uh, geez, I can't even get into that. I don't want, I don't want to stand on that. Uh, plus, we're going to be talking with the young lady who raged against the rest of the world and won the judo championship. That's we right. had an interview with her. Um, she's pretty phenomenal. Kayla Harrison. Yeah. And... Um, Giving away another prize to people that are signing up for our league. It's great to bet on football. That's nice. That's uh, fucking the shit. We break. We're back. It's the Ron and Fez Show. Ron Bennington, Fez Wally. This is the Ron and Fez Show. More next.
Fed show. Chris Stanley knew the chicks today. Yeah, love for the ladies. I had no idea that you were such uh, a chick rock guy. Oh, sure. That's a playlist. I'll tell you a little bit about you. Today, I learned a little bit about you. Uh, already six pages up, I will tell you this for our ESPN thing. Uh, I'm giving out a prize on the seventh page. Oh, fuck. Seventh page is going to find themselves getting a prize. Somebody from the seventh page. So uh, head on over to the iBank. Sign up. Uh, Mark Zito is making the case to stay in the actual league. Wow. Um, And get out of Renegade Mark Zito League. He doesn't think that... He hasn't accepted. This is the difference between him and Fez, where Fez completely accepted. Mark Zito did not. So he is fucking hungry to get back in, huh? Hungry like the wolf, dude. <laughs> like the song. Yeah. Fuck. Like his favorite song. <laughs> Sometimes I wish I had saw some of that fire in Fez's belly. And maybe we never would have got to this point where he's lining up a league against us. Not sorry, so maybe should I take out Mark Zito off the Renegade League? Yeah, take him off the Renegade League, but put him up in my league to see if there's anybody. All right, let's have him replace Pepper. Oh, what the fuck? You're not showing any fire in your belly. Bullshit. This is all I fucking want. This is all I need. First of all, let's let, let me get this. Yeah. When you yell bullshit at me, yeah. is this the same person who, in my opinion, stole three East Side Dave stickers that he was supposed to give me? And They're in my apartment. Wait. Yes. Before you get to your apartment where you had stole them, where you keep your loot. What fucking gives you the right? Pat, uh, Dave, and he knows I've been dying for Eastside Dave stickers. What gives you the right to take them from here to your apartment? No, no, no. I left from the Skinny Man Studios where we cut the podcast, where he gave them to me, put them in my shirt pocket, intending to bring them back on Thursday morning. What's I today? changed a shirt. It's Monday. <laughs> I changed my shirt. Now, yesterday I told you I took about a 700-mile trip just to eat four and a half bushels of crabs with my family. Sounds good. Um... Wouldn't I love to have some stickers on that car? I fucked up. Wouldn't I have been out there promoting Eastside Dave? They're signed, too. Shit, that's perfect. They're signed stickers. That makes me want to give some something away. Oh, boy. Give one of the signed stickers away. Now I don't know where they are. You probably have them stuck up on your bongs. No, they're in Astoria. They're with the protective thing that makes them not sticky. Still oh, the on protective there. thing. I didn't Paper. know you were going to get technical on me. <laughs> this is why Zito's... Now, that's the bad news. You're out of my league. Good news, there seems to be a opening in the retard league. I want to be in this league. Come on. I'm, legacy. I, I'm a legacy here. I'm sorry. I can't hear you because of lack of stickers. Listen, you're going to get some stickers tomorrow. Guaranteed. Don't get all Louisiana on me. Don't you fucking cage in at me, boy. I'm that's put- right. I said boy because I talked to you like you're a black man down south during Jesus. the 1950s. <laughs> Listen, you know what? I got right. a new thing. Yeah. When I'm walking down the sidewalk with a white woman, I want you to change sides of the street. Oh, come on. And see if you can live under Jim Crow. Look how white this fucking skin is. It's zombie white. That, that isn't what makes you. Can I at least put an asterisk next to Mark Gino's name? Oh, absolutely. All right, good. I got no problem with that. Okay, I want to get back in. And I'll just put. You were in until I found out about those stickers. They're coming. I got them at home. They're safe and sound. Signed. And I know for a fact that this has Dave upset. I know. He was he was annoyed. Like, why did you bring the stickers in? I was like, I, I, they fucking changed my shirt. 
I did some laundry. They're fine. They're okay. They're coming in. Nobody believes you. <laughs> you'll, you'll all see tomorrow. You're like the boy who cried centaur. Oh, why would someone cry centaur? They're not real. I'd cry horse, stallion, donkey. Fucking Zito. Fucks me again. Yeah. Well, at least um, you could get over and listen, you know, while you're fucking sitting there with your loot, counting your fucking stickers up. I don't count my stickers up. They're safe. Well, Fez, you were telling me you were going to be all over the box today, and I guess it's the 42 Reasons to Love a Small Town. Is that yours? No, that one isn't mine. What do you, what's your, where's your box today? Um, I don't have a box up. But yet. you've been helped all with it by all the guys on the show. You had a whole big weekend. This is not like you, Fez. You were always the guy to give and go. To give and go. The, uh, you were the give and go guys. Now, Hicks, you've never lived in a small town in your life. Nope, never. New York City. Born and raised. Um, we've got 42 reasons to love small towns. There's some beautiful small towns out there. Um, places that I've been to that I just adore. Uh, by the way, I'm a big fan of mountain towns. That you run into some of those small mountain towns. They're just fantastic. Oh, uh, look, we got Red Eats up there again. In nice. Maine. Maine you love New Hampshire has got some great places. Vermont has got some great places. I already mentioned that Colorado has some great towns. Now, is this um, cheating if you're a college town? I don't think so. I mean, it's, small t it's still technically a small town. Because here's what you get in a college town. You get the small town feeling... Then also you get great bands who come in. You know what I mean? <laughs> and it's going to be cheap shit, too, because of the college kids. Yeah, you get, like, I think it'll be a fun vibe. But then also you find, like, oh, Annie Leibowitz is speaking for free this weekend. Wow, at the college. And you can get in on that. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Um, so that, to me, it's almost cheating. Now, Woodstock, of course, is a small town who keeps their own scene together. Uh, I like to hear from people. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ, 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. What is a great small town that you either live in or been to? And I don't mean a suburb. A suburb is not a great small town. A suburb is a suburb. And I kind of hate suburbs. And I grew up in them, and everybody here did except for you. Well, Pips didn't either. He's like you, Brooklyn. Yeah, <clears throat> The weird thing is, Brooklyn was having like a small town vibe for a while, and now they seem more and more like a big city. Yeah, it's become where just the fucking streets are packed like it's a Lower East Side. Um, Ryan, you're on the Run of Fest show. Hey, Ronnie, what's going on? Uh, just wondering if you've ever been to Steamboat Springs, Colorado. It's a beautiful town uh, about three, mo three hours outside of Denver. It's the kind of town exactly that I'm talking about. Yeah, and it's beautiful. They've got a cool vibe. And it's a lot of fun, and everybody's digging it. Uh, James in Nashville, you're on the Run of Fez show. Hey, Ronnie, I just uh, I went to Sturgis last week, and I spent uh, a couple of days driving through the Badlands. And just about every town you go, get to there is pretty spectacular. Yeah, the Badlands are uh, crazy. Now, that's not far from Deadwood, 
which is another kind of a cool small town. And they're lucky that they got that, you know, connection, that historical connection. And there's also like a casino there. Nice. So you could do a little gambling. Are you looking at Deadwood? Yeah, I'm looking at Deadwood right there. It's kind of cool, right? Yeah, it's definitely cool. And it's got that old Western kind of feel about it. Hell yeah. Uh, here's Dave in Texas. You're on the Run of Fez show. What's up, guys? Uh, Coachera, Colorado, man, has got a place called the Dog Bar. The sidewalks are still made of wood, and the deck that is like listed as number 12 in the whole state to sit out and drink beer and eat hamburgers, and it's fucking amazing. That and is, look. yeah, that's a really cool vibe, what you're yeah, explaining. Yeah, great place. See, in, in uh, small towns, you do want to have a vibe. Uh, it's certainly not about, hey, we got the chain stores in. Oh, fuck no. You want a really unique place. Um, Jason brought up Portsmouth, uh, New Hampshire. I'm going to agree with that one. A hundred percent. One hundred percent. And I do think, I've now decided that we have to, we'll do a college town thing later. All right. This has to be a small town without colleges. The pictures are up on the, um, on the iBang. Uh, let's go over to Sarah. Sarah, you're on the Run of Fez show. Hey, um, Melbourne Beach, Florida is the best small town in America. It's one square mile island off the coast of Florida. It is a tiny little place. Uh, There's a lot of tourists that whip through there, though, that can get to you. But you can still keep a vibe. It's harder and harder for the beach towns to make this because... As soon as someone finds out about it, they're going to blow it up, right? Yeah, and they bring in outside money, and it takes away that coolness. Uh, Aaron in Maine, you're on the Run of Fez show. Hey, buddies. I'm going to go with uh, Northeast Harbor, Maine. It's a beautiful coastal island town, small island. and It has some tourists in the summer, but they're not the hardcore tourists. They're all, like, very super wealthy, old-school money people. And then when they leave, it's a real super community. Like, you know, they have events where everybody eats together, and it just it, it feels like a town. Like, your neighbors will put your dogs in your house if they go running away. Nobody locks anything up. It's It's really nice. All right, thanks. Here's what we're kind of looking for with small-town living that makes it different than the suburbs. You want some kind of cool local dive bars. And by the way, dive bars is never an insult. If you know that, then you know how to have the right places. Uh, You want kind of old movie theaters, not, you know, a chain movie theater. Uh, The unique local food joints. Not a place that you can eat everywhere. Um, You definitely need a Main Street. You need a drag where everybody knows this is the one block that you swing by. Um, You want family businesses. You want either a town square or an outdoor gathering place. Some place that you're like, Hey, there's going to be um, the celebration, and everybody knows where to go. Yeah, where this is where we have to be. All right. Um, family business is always a key because once you start to get too many chains, you're a suburb, and then it doesn't matter if you're outside of St. Louis, outside of Washington D.C., you become just another suburb. 
Adam, you're on the Run of Fez show. Asheville, North Carolina is perfect. It's uh, got all the outdoor activities you can imagine between rafting and fly fishing. Uh, got a great little minor league ball club there as well. Uh, and, and the food's outstanding for such an eclectic mountain community that you were talking about. All right, so you feel like it's got all the things that we're talking about to keep it unique and cool. Absolutely, and you've actually got this weird hippie subculture there as well that's so different from the rest of North Carolina. That western part of the state is just its really kind of the south, but not the south at the same time. Yeah, you need, like when you say hippie, you need hippie capitalists like the hippie shop owner more than the hippie who's just, you know, sleeping outside and selling pot. <laughs> Yeah, someone who's going to add to things. I know a bunch of people from Asheville. I know a bunch of people fucking love it. Who'd Davey you? Mack used to run down there. Mm -hmm. I think his father-in-law cruises around there. Yeah, Asheville's fucking very cool. I know this. You need to get to the second floor. You don't have to walk. Um, Patrick in Connecticut, you're on the Run of Fez show. Yeah, um, up in northern Wisconsin, there's a cluster of islands in Lake Superior called the Apostle Islands. And on one of them, Madeline Island, there's a little town called La Pointe, and it's everything you're looking for. You got the really the only movie theater, quote unquote, is the library, which occasionally has a projector screen. There's Grandpa Tony's, the beach club, and then the dive bar is Tom's Burnt Down Cafe. It used to be like a diner. It burnt down like 10 years ago, and he just put up a tent, and now it's a bar. And uh, you can go take oh, a little shit. boat, travel to all the other islands and shit. It's just a beautiful area. All right, sounds cool. That's an awesome fucking dive bar. You'd, you'd be happy there. <laughs> I'd be ecstatic. Let's go to the tent and get drunk. Um, Otto, Mass, you're on my face. Otto? Yeah. Yeah, um, Great Barrington, Massachusetts, Ron. It's a great little town. It's got kind of that hippie vibe people are talking about. It's got a main drag. With some strange stores, all locally owned. You know, the homemade ice cream store next to the sushi place, next yeah. to the hippie girl thing. There's a there's actually a swimming hole nearby. Cheap I, golf. It's I've a been great there. Place to hang out. I've been there, and it's adorable, adorable town. Uh, some I ate great breakfast there too. My and only Martin, problem probably. is mass holes. A lot of people from Boston coming in. Really? And I saw some young boys giving some shit to some other young boys. I'm like, you're kind of destroying the vibe here, fellas. It's Burkers coming with the money. All right. Um, I had uh, a really nice day there before. Uh, Chris, you're on the Run Fed show. Hey, guys. This may be a bit too touristy and new age, but Sedona, Arizona is absolutely... Like, I like it. It's a great place. The scenery is just absolutely breathtaking, and the food is phenomenal. And the really new age hippie uh, vibe to it. Yeah, you know what? I do. I like the carny aspect of selling rocks to fucking people and Crystal, telling them like that they're magic. Yeah, like whenever I see people doing that, I always laugh. <laughs> it's fucking huge, right? I mean, I, yeah. I, I see, you know, fucking. Well, people come there, and I guess if you have any connection to that crystal thing, you want a crystal from there. Because that's like this is like the main crystal spot. I guess. <laughs> um, but it's beautiful. Uh, here's Jim. Jim, you're on the Run of Fest show. Hey, Ronnie. Hey, I got one for you. It's uh, Prescott, Arizona, man. They got it all. You got the town square. You got Whiskey Row. Just a street full of bars. 
you got uh, you got everything you can imagine in a small town, and plus you can't call it Prescott like everybody else does. If you live there, you got to call it Prescott, like biscuit. Otherwise, you get all pissed off at you. I like that. I like the angle that you call it something Thank differently God. that it's uh, spelled. All right, looks like a cool little town. Looks like it's uh, jumping in a lot of our things that we think make up for a cool town. I think a small town, too, should have something historic, but, like, from its own history, where, like, when that town was first founded and it's lasted all these years. So give me an example of that. Like, if they had, like, well, an what old... town has one? Um, I know, well, the town I'm from, Pinellas Park, Florida, they have, like, an old railroad station that they kept up. I gotta tell you, and I don't want to hurt your feelings, you grew up in the suburbs, dude. Mm -hmm. Weird suburbs, but look at that. That's a real small town where you're not surrounded by the other stuff. You want to not just feel like you're part of a sprawl. That's why I like the mountain towns and the seaside towns are good for that, because there's normally something in between you and your neighbors. Uh, the desert towns have it as well. Um, let's go over to Tom in Wyoming. You're on my face. Yeah, man. Laramie, Wyoming. I went to school there. It's it's the fucking ultimate party town. And Fest, Butch Cassidy went to jail there. It's got snowboarding, mountain biking. It's a fucking cool town. I had. Uh, I I think it's also a beautiful town. I I've been there too, and um, they get cowboy days, which everybody blows up for. Oh, cool. Uh, Jason in Montana. You're on Run Fest show. Uh, hey, Ronnie. Yeah. Uh, Whitefish, Montana, it's, you know, 15 minutes from Glacier National Park. There's rivers, lakes, golf courses. They get the highest average snowfall in Montana. You know, one main street with all these quaint little uh, bars, dive bars, nice bars, wine bars, good restaurants, dive restaurants. It's it's a great little place, great community. Uh, and it's all touristy, though? It's it's aimed towards the tourists? You know, it, it does get, uh, you know, touristy in the summertime because of glacier, but yeah, I mean, it's, it, uh, you know, it, it, uh, it's a great place to go, and there's a number of other real cool small towns around it that are similar to it, you know, that you I, can go to today. Thanks. Up on the iBank uh, today, we do have a box either way, and this is just, some of the stuff that we dig about small towns. Um, and it's one of the reasons why I really do like heading out on the road as opposed to just flying to your destination all the time. By the way, my brother was telling me he had this trip back. He was took a 20,000 mile trip. What the Around the whole world is 22,000 miles. And he had to go take care of these things. But he actually said that he had bed sores from sitting on the plane so long. God he was crazy. Damn. It was like 48 straight hours flying back. Because he had to do some stuff over Singapore and something in Borneo and then back to Sydney, back to L.A., Dallas, and back this way. The planes can start to kill you after a while. That's fucking wild. That's a crazy-ass trip. He was also telling me for a town that we've always heard about, Perth, he says it's kind of a small town. Really? It's not big in the way we consider a city. Shit. I always thought it was like a fucking baller-ass fucking spot. I would have thought so, too. He's like, it's pretty much a sliver, and that's the, the whole thing. I was surprised. It's 
fucking full of shit. All right, the by the way, Australians. Um, I'm going to give you a little alert here. We are all up to a page seven. Oh, shit. And one of those people on page seven are going to win by the end of the show today. Yourself a nice prize. That's nice. I can't wait to start picking. By the end of the show, one of you people, one of you lucky people, will find yourself a big winner. I honestly think that this is going to be bigger than the Olympics. Football's gigantic. It is our national sport. Oh, baseball. Mike and Philly, you're on my fez. Hey, Ron. A town you might be familiar with, uh, New Hope, New Hope, Pennsylvania, um, yeah. is a fun uh, town to go to. They're uh, super gay-friendly. There's awesome art galleries there, lots of uh, cool dive bars and lots of like restaurants up the main street. I don't know if you've ever been there or not, but it's a fun place. <laughs> I went know. there a lot as a kid, and it used to be kind of Amishy or like old school. What, what were those people, that, like Quakerish? Quakers? Yeah. Um, yeah. But the, the town has certainly grown up since then. I remember they had the little falls there and shit. Yeah, <laughs> that, like right around there, Buckingham Green, that whole area. Yeah, like, really so, pretty. Yeah. All right, good call. Uh, covers a lot of stuff that we're talking about. Uh, I'm also going to say this as a new uh, contest alert. Oh. Anyone who's ever... Won a prize for us. Should send their pictures to us because we're going to be doing a prize off of that. I'm going to call it the Hall of Winners. That's a hell of a hall to be. Picture in. of you and your prize, or picture of your prize doing something, where you keep your prize. Prize time. Yeah, and then that person will be the prize winner of the Hall of Winners. That's a double. We should have been doing this since the beginning. That's a double prize. I guess you're right. I didn't even think of that, about it that way. Jake in Seattle, you're on the Run of Fez show. Yeah, Orcas Island, Washington. It's an amazing, amazing place. Um, let's go take a look at this. Absolutely wonderful. Wow, that's gorgeous. Mountains, lake, perfect. Everything you said, it's it. That's it. All right, I already got another island sent to us uh, from Ken Shane. He lives in Jamestown, Rhode Island. 5,000 people living on an island in the bay. Wow, look at that. And they want to keep the tourists away. All fantastic water views. Is that it right That's, there? Yeah, this is, this is it. That's gorgeous, man. That's old school. Beautiful, man. Never been to too many small towns. No, my college didn't even really have a college town. It was White Plains, New York. No. That's not like no, not at all. It's like a fucking office park, basically. Mm. 
All right. Um, let's go over here to uh, Terry. Terry, you're on the run for the show. Hello. Hi, Ron. How's it going, man? Good, buddy. Cool. Regina Beach, Saskatchewan, Canada. Okay, that's we got uh, fishing, hunting, pleasure boating. We've got wakeboarding. We got windsurfing, quadding, four by four, and of course, what every town needs is a really good bar and lots of drinking. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. All right, I love it. Uh, we'll look into it. It's forty-two reasons to love small towns, and. You know, you look at the reasons that we got up on the iBang, and they're just fantastic. You guys did a bang-up job on this one, Fezzi. Uh, that wasn't me. Hmm. I didn't mean to say it as an insult, but I just like this piece. I was gone all day yesterday. Everybody fucking covered like ballers. Loving it. Uh, let's go over to Ken in Texas. You're on Run Fez. Hey, Ron. Yeah. Uh, every year we always drive up to Taos, New Mexico. It's like this little village there. Uh, yeah, I know it very well. Kind of in the desert. Yeah, and uh, I know like a lot of Easy Rider was filmed out there, and Dennis Hopper lived out there for a long time. And Way more hippie-ish now, though, right? Oh, yeah, very hippie. Yeah. And a lot of art, you know, little dive bars, all that, but uh, really cool place, man. Um, You know, people forget, like, they think, like, the hippie thing is over, but... When you get out like into the Rockies and into the desert, there's a lot of people living like it's 1967. Upstate New York can get that way too. Shower Bench was just writing about how the red states are nicer. And I'm like, we love the red states. No one ever says we didn't. Fez is from a red state. And you're still proud red. I have some problems. I'm sorry, what? Well, every now and then I don't agree with what uh, my home state does. As long as it's only every now and then. As long as it's not an extreme position, it'll be easier for us to go by. Here's Jason in Tupelo. Hey, Ron. Speaking of red states, how about Tupelo, Mississippi? We have uh, all, got the Elvis. Got all the Elvis statues you can see and tons of uh, fried peanut butter and banana sandwiches. Um, you know, when you have that's that thing the Feds talked about. Your own historical thing. Like, um, Mississippi's got the weirdest vibe, too. There's just a different feeling in Mississippi. And I'm very proud of this, that Brett Favre is now offensive coordinator for the high school team, and they scored a touchdown in the first 42 seconds. It's fucking Favre, baby. It's Favre time. He's basically running a fucking Green Bay (laughs) offense at some of those other schools. (laughs) It's fucking fantastic. They got no fucking chance. This guy's going to run fucking roughshod. Now, here's the other weird thing, too, about Brett Favre. He never gave up on the Mississippi thing. No matter where he played, he was always back in Mississippi. Yeah, he loves it. Loves it there. It's great that he always fucking came back. He's fucking hardcore. Because it's the best place in the whole world. He doesn't want to be anywhere else. (laughs) There's his own town. He's the man, sort of. Uh, Dave in Colorado, you're in Ronnie Fizz. Hey, Ronnie. Uh, just looking at, if you kind of fits the bill, if you look at all the uh, towns just out, outside of national parks around the country, that's kind of really cool. Like you have like Bar Harbor outside of Acadia. Um, you know, out here at Cody, Wyoming is pretty cool. Right outside of uh, Yellowstone. Pretty cool vibe. Kind of touristy and stuff like that, but it's but, kind of fun. Yeah, the tourists aren't there the whole time. Uh, that's an interesting piece, too, and it's another thing. 
of all the businesses that can grow up around some of these places. Uh, I think we got a break here. When we get back, Hicks, uh, let's uh, do the interview with the young lady who won the gold. This, uh, Kayla Harrison. By the way, how old is Kayla? She's young, right? She's 22. 22. Um, she was an abused kid uh, and has been very, very open about her story. Uh, was taken advantage of by an adult when she was a kid. She's put that story out there uh, for one reason only, because she and the her dedication to the sport has changed her life. And she came in here uh, with the gold medal, flashing, making it happen, and turned out to be just as, like all these Olympians, they just turned out to be just great, really healthy, dedicated young people. Nice people. Yeah. <laughs> they're all fucking, they're all, they've all been fucking cool as shit. You know, uh, I remember when I did the Unmasked with Louis C.K., and he talked about his dedication to his art, and he goes, look, if these... Olympians are going to do something and dedicate themselves so hard. I'm trying for something that only a few people get to perceive. I'm going to work out as hard as an Olympian. If there's something due, I'm going to make sure it's done. You know, if somebody's expecting two, I'm going to give them three. And bust your ass. That's one of the examples of these people. There's not a lot of whining. Uh, there's not a lot of bitching. And there's not a lot of passing off and expecting somebody else to hand, handle it. They take extreme positions. They grind. And then they back it up. They put it out there, and then they work until they get it. Uh, it's impressive. It's impressive. There is no picture that could show you in real life how cut this girl is. Her fucking arms look like rock. It was they fucking were rock. crazy. They were rock. She uh, really and the whole time that she was doing it, uh, she was in a gay, so you can't really see it. But um, it is real power that she has real physical power. And when she went up, the way she dominated in that gold medal thing, it was borderline frightening. <laughs> like, holy shit, she can fuck a lot of people up and then you turn around and when she gets her gold medal she was crying like a kid which she is you know what i mean like you can forget old. this and everything that she achieved the fact that you know rose above the abuse stuff and now is able to say to other people you know no excuses there are no excuses Nope, she fucking went out there and fucked shit up. She went out there and was a champion for America. Do me a favor when we're talking about my Olympian stars. Yeah. Stop dropping the F-bomb so much. But I think... Have a little... Seriously, take this young lady yeah. and give her the absolute respect she deserves. All right. She was a great competitor. And more. Plenty more. Dominate. How do you want to do before or after the break? before the break. Let's do it. One of the greats.
Kayla Harrison brings back the gold. <laughs> are you even? Are you used to that yet? Has it started no, to dawn on you? Not at all. Yeah. Not at all. You can say it again if you want. I will. <laughs> Kayla Harrison brings back the gold. <laughs> and one of those uh, things where you were up against a real kind of hometown favorite there in the yep. final. So the crowd in that room is against you. Does that make a big difference the way it will in a lot of sports? Um, No. I mean, that day I woke up with one thing on my mind, and that was to win the Olympics. So it didn't matter who stepped across the mat for me that day. I knew that in order for them to beat me, they were going to have to take it from me. And your sport is different than so many other in the Olympics because it is really about two people going against each other. So many of these these things are uh, sports where there's no defense, there's no attack. Yeah. You know, you if you happen to be the fastest person, nothing else matters. And your sport is really about your competitor, though, isn't it? It is. Um, you know, that's one of the things that I love about judo. It's at the end of the day, it's you versus one other person, and it's a battle of wills. It's about who wants it more, who wants to walk away uh, with this title. So how do you get yourself in that position where you know it's you that wants it more, that you're going to have the upper hand there? Well, first of all, I mean, I train harder than anybody in my division. You know, we at Pedro's, we do judo twice a day. We lift five days a week, and we run three days a week. So two to four workouts a day gives you a lot of confidence in mm -hmm. your ability. But also, um, they're really the my coaches are really big on visualization. So, you know, for two years now, every night before I went to bed for about 10 minutes, I would visualize my entire day at the Olympics. I would visualize what I would eat for breakfast. You know, I would visualize the bus ride to the tournament. I would visualize my warm-up. You know, I would visualize each match until I got to the finals. And I would, I would visualize myself winning and standing on the podium and hearing the national anthem and hugging my family and crying. And I, I would go through it all every single night before I went to sleep. So by the time I got there, I had done it a thousand times. And yet that must feel more surreal when you're actually going through it. Like, here's the bus ride that I was thinking about. Yeah. This is the breakfast that <laughs> exactly. I was thinking about. Exactly. It was, you know, I woke up that morning and it was as if my brain sort of just clicked. It knew. You know, athletes call them white moments and I've only it's only happened to me really twice in my career and it's where you wake up and you just know that it's gonna happen there was no doubt in your mind nothing there really wasn't not yeah. not a doubt in my mind and so you go to that point and it all happens the way you visualized now looking back on it did you need all that stuff to get there I mean could you have done it without those years of training could you have done it without those kind of visualizations could anything have been dropped no, you know, I think everything that, had to be done. I think that everything went perfectly. I think yeah. that, you know, I really do believe that some things are just meant to be. And, and, you know, I would tell myself every night, this is my day. This is my purpose. And, and all throughout that day, my coach Jimmy was saying, Kayla Harrison, Olympic champion, Kayla Harrison, Olympic champion. Are you tougher than this girl? Do you want to beat this girl? Do you want this more than her? And, um, you know, it, it wasn't only just that day, but it was exactly what you said. All of those years, mm -hmm. all of that training and, all of my teammates, all, you know, my coaches, my friends, everyone really sacrificed a lot for my dream. So so when you take that goal back home, have you had a chance to see everybody back at home and all the people? Back um, I went, well, my family came to London to watch, so I got to hang out with them for a little bit. But um, when I, after this trip to New York, I'm going home to Boston and we're going to have a big 
um, welcome home party Sunday. So that'll be the first time I really get to see everyone. And then I'm going home to Ohio um, in about a week. So mm. we're going to we're going to celebrate. In- it's such a unique <laughs> thing for, you know, a person to do because we talk about, oh, we've got the most gold medals. But there's still even in all those sports, less than 40 people, I guess, that have had this that that this year had that experience out of you know all the millions of people that we have in this country there's very few no one's else has ever gold medaled in judo in the history of the united states this is you're in the history books <laughs> and nothing is going to take that out now i'm the first it is phenomenal it's a phenomenal feat it to is. think about it is it's you know first of all just to be at the Olympics, to be among yeah. the elite of the elite is a huge honor. And to represent the greatest country in the world is a huge honor. And to win a gold medal is amazing. It's a huge honor. But then to be the first ever, yeah, it's, it's, stunning. it's almost like too much for me. I can't, I can't handle it. I'm it, on overload. <laughs> it really is. And like you said, if you're just one of the people who's able to walk into that stadium and know what it feels like to be looking up at that and the torch and know that you're part of an ancient history, you know, yeah. that goes back. And oh, that, you're giving me goosebumps. <laughs> but for you to be able to, to say that you've been part of that, and now not only that, you won the gold, and the first American ever to do it is just, it's mind-boggling. It really is. Well, thank you. And I think the thing that, that people need to understand is this dedication that you've had over the years and the fact yep. that you need so many people to be part of that to get to that point. You know, I I call my team the team the team that went to London. I call us the dream team because honestly, it, there wasn't anything that I needed or wanted when I was there. You know, from my team manager Chris Kelly to my, my coaches Jimmy and Big Jim, my teammates we just really everyone has supported me from from day one. All of my family, everyone. It just it couldn't have gone better, and I couldn't be prouder or happier to be a part of such a great team. When you first got involved in judo, this wasn't something that you were thinking about, though. I mean, this has only been the the latter part of your life to realize that you're elite. But as a kid stepping into this, you had no idea. No, I you, you know I loved judo from the beginning. You know, I thought it was fun. I liked I liked competing. I didn't win at all in mm-hmm. in, in any by any means, but I really enjoyed hanging out with the team, getting to go to tournaments, you know, swimming in the pool at the hotel. I liked being special. And um, it sort of just grew into a passion for the sport. But really early on, you knew that this was something for you as opposed to other sports. You know, it's funny because I, when I started judo, I did, I, you know, I did a lot of different stuff. And by the end of the first year, all I did was judo. So suddenly it, that was yours. It was... Yeah, I guess you could say that. I just, I really enjoyed it. Because I think athletes on this level could probably end up playing all the other sports at some point or whatever. And then, you know, the important thing, of course, is to specialize. Yeah. But, you know, there's, it's, even though you talk about your team, the difference between you and the the kids that are on the soccer team or mm-hmm. basketball team is that you're the only person out there. You're the only one that can make a difference for that whole team yeah, of people. It's you know, it's it's a team, you know, I have a team and we're we're great and they're my best friends, but at the end of the day it is an individual sport. Mm-hmm. Like I said at the beginning, it's me and one other girl out there and it's when it comes down to it it's it's a fight. 
So what do you say to kids that seen what you've done? And I mean, is this a possibility for most people or is this something that, you know, could most people be if if they followed your kind of training, would their lives change or is this oh, a unique? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, you know, it's judo is. It's one of the greatest sports in the world. I just I wish people in the, in the United States realized that. I mean, whether you're the six year old boy lacking confidence who you know wants some place to fit in who wants to be able to learn something and have confidence in himself or you're you know the 55 year old female who's trying to get back in shape and just wants a really good workout you know it really has something to offer for every age and every person all shapes all sizes doesn't matter and um as as far as my journey goes, yes, I'm an Olympic champion, but judo's given me so much more than that. You know, I'm able to walk around with my head held high. You know, I have confidence in myself. I'm a strong, confident young woman, and I'm an Olympic champion. So. And it wasn't always that way for you? You This was all part of this journey? No, definitely not. I mean, I went through, you know, a, a lot of stuff when I was younger, and, and I definitely had some big obstacles. And um, I think that, you know, it just proves that anyone who's going through something or who's having a hard time in life, you know, there's, there's always going to be hurdles in life when, when there are things that you want, you know, anything worth having is not going to be easy. So it's just, it just proves that anybody can do it. Well, this has been such an extraordinary uh, story to see you go through this. Do you know what you plan on doing next? Uh, I know four years is too long away, but uh, <laughs> what do you plan on doing? I'm sure you won't be le leaving judo, right? Absolutely not. Um, you know, no matter what, I want to stay involved in the sport, whether it's, you know, helping my teammates reach their goals or it's just teaching, you know, at a, at a local level. Um, I want to be able to do, you know, sort of what the Pedros did for me, for someone mm -hmm. else. But... You know, I'm still young. I'm relatively healthy. And honestly, this feeling is, I don't think I'll ever feel like this again. So maybe Rio is in the cards. Well, here's the amazing thing is not only that, that you feel it, but any of those young people that you're interacting with, all the people in um, that have been part of your journey, feel that too and it was an, i don't i know that you were over there you have no idea how big the olympics were this particular time with viewers with nbc mm -hmm. and everybody just getting pumped up on it and what's interesting is over the course of my lifetime i think this is the first time um and it's probably within like the past five ten years but we're seeing women as being truly athletes oh yeah where it's not just like okay those are women's sports but people you know yep. losing it jumping in yep. as if they would any other sport and i think that it's been it's been a long time coming i mean if you look the uh the olympic committee sent more women than they did men to, mm -hmm. to this olympics and you know the new york athletic club which i'm a part of which has been a historically male club has sent more women this time too and they brought home more gold medals than the men and I, there's also there's something that's just also going up on the competition level, where oh, I absolutely. think sports fans can look at it now as not as if if it's like, oh, this is something extra, but it's just sport. You just watch yeah. it the way you would anything else on ESPN, and Lord knows that's the way you treat it when you go. Yeah, in. I mean, and I think that that's the way it should be. You know, male, female, white, black. You know. Whatever it doesn't matter. We're all out. We're all out there to to give our very best, and um, 
I think that we did a good job this time. So what was it like when you were up there receiving your medal and hearing the national anthem? Has it sunk in yet? Oh, you know, it was... I won't, I'll never forget it for as long as I live, you know, just hearing those first few notes and I, I couldn't even, I broke down. I was like, wow, you did it. We did it. You know, it was, it was amazing. So that's the thing that could keep you yes. in the game. Yes. That's the thing, just that's chasing a, that feeling again. That feeling. Especially now that you know exactly what that uh, feels like. Yeah. I mean, just, you know, just high on life. Well, I tell you, you you made yourself proud, but you also made a nation proud. And it was really a phenomenal, a phenomenal thing. I'm so happy for you. Thank you very, very much. And I'll, I'll say it one more time. Kayla Harrison brings back the gold. Thank you so much. <laughs> Thank you so Thank much. Thank you so much. And best of luck whenever you're doing next. Thank you very much. Ron and Fez continues. Helping the kids out of their coats The way the babies have been born oh, 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 oh. Unpacking the bags and setting up and Planted lilacs and buttercups oh, 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 oh. But in the meantime, I got it hard Second floor living with Chris Stanley Showing off his inner girl today and uh it was really interesting to see. It's a playlist. Um, it's all there. Three o'clock snack is up. Pretty in pink. Oh. Uh, and I noticed you're never a don't pink look at it. watcher. You notice that I don't wear pink? Yeah, you don't wear pink at all. I would like to. It just doesn't go very good with my coloring. Oh yeah. I would like to. I don't wear light blue either. I now speaking of coloring. You see anything different I, around yes, Chris I Stanley do. today? Right, that's right. I came a... down the hall and I'm like, he's in light <laughs> colors today. Yes. We never see that. No, it's all oh. black and blue. Mm -hmm. Maybe. Like your own bruises. That's right. <laughs> or maybe a little gray. Um, I don't normally, I'm not a big pink fan because of what they do with little girls, but this is impressive yeah. today. Sorry. Now, what did you think of our judo star? That was crazy. It's crazy inspiring. She, oh, in what way does it inspire you? Just somebody who, you know, who's my age, who seems to have, you know, kind of a rough road a little bit there. A very just, rough road. Definitely. And uh, just, you know, came out of it and was completely stronger than anything else. It is a very interesting thing, you know, that it isn't, I know it's almost a cliche, but it's not what happens to you, it's how you handle it. Really it really is. You can't get around the thing of, you can take ever, anything you want and say, this has destroyed me for life. Or you could say, I'm going to learn from this. Yep. And no one's going to, you know, abuse that kid now. Uh, she will break your dick off. Yeah. Now, not only is she <laughs> tough, though, but her personality is still somewhat adorable. Yeah. Like, there's still something uh, extremely feminine, and I'll go so far to say girlish, mm -hmm. about that part of the personality when she wants to share that. It's also, you know, since we were talking about small towns... Her small town is freaking out. She lives in a small town oh, in crazy. Mass, and uh, they've been waiting for her to get back so that they can, everybody share. Unlike any other award that you're going to get, for some reason in America, we all feel like those are our medals, like we mm. won them, like we're all part of it. Yeah, and together. I don't think you feel that way when a guy comes in 
with a World Series ring, like, oh. No. The international play is fabulous for that, for pulling people together. Now, I get it that the other stuff can pull cities together, you know. I know Green Bay is very, very proud of their Packers, and they say they want to finish second or third this year oh. in the playoffs. They want to at least make it back to the championship game and then lose there. That's right, burn out. Are, they got to be your pick, NFC pick? Hicks, I mean, they were... Phenomenal last year until that upset from the Giants. Rodgers is Rogers is just too nasty, and I mean his his receivers are pretty much the same. I mean he's got the same guys, same coach. It's and they've got to be like, look, we were right there. We're going back. They're really fucking. They're scary good because Rogers and is just a machine. No, this is all another language to me, honestly. Is it like English is to you? Because she grew up speaking Italian at home. <laughs> wow. I actually don't know anything. I'm going to get you judo classes because I that seriously... That would be awesome. I want you to be able to out there. I think it's nice when somebody can say, I got something from somebody else. I know, Chris, you've done that with various alcoholics. You found out like, wow. you can get drunker faster, mm. cheaper. A funnel, you say. You glad the Catholic Sam's going... No. You never really be, cared for her? You hate her. It's not that I didn't care for her. But? She was, you know, she was okay. She's, Whoa, you know, shit. She's a <laughs> fucking caddy. She's a person, you know? She's cool. Wow. <laughs> she's not nice. To, Anna's not nice to girls. What? You're, That's you're, not true. Haters be When hating. I first met you, you didn't get along with the other girls. And I'm it's like, just that well, I, didn't... I will take you in here where you feel comfortable. And wasn't this a nice, comfortable place for you? Very. You got to do a lot. You were treated as an equal. Mm -hmm. And I'll say this. She's my little gold medal winner because oh. she turned around the abuse that she got down the hall from those music people <laughs> where that was an abusive relationship. Very. Here, <laughs> log stuff. They were assholes. That's not radio. No. And then she fucking shits all over Catholic Sam when she's not here. <laughs> That's what she does, no, though. I mean, yeah. she was, you know. I was wow. thinking about you the other day. I drove over to Verrazano. Really? I'm like, I bet I can see Anna's house from here. You actually can. <laughs> I'm sure. <laughs> you actually can. <laughs> you get a beautiful view of the New York Harbor and then all of Staten Island. And by the way, when oh. you really see Staten Island from that area, there's a lot of country there. There is. It's a very weird thing to think that that's part of the city. Mm -hmm. What a weird place. Not many people consider it really part of the city. Well, we voting-wise, you do. You're the reason why we got Rudy. He go without the big vote there. He never would have won. Well, he had a vowel at the end of his name. Come on, I know. That's why. And then oddly, he never even went to Staten Island for any reason. He would just see it Pretty from smart. a helicopter flying over. Fuck that <laughs> shitty borough. Come on. He always his joke is that's the only borough that he didn't live in, but he plans on retiring there. And then it gets a laugh. Like we all haven't heard it a million times. Uh, yeah. And he does it every <laughs> single time. Oh, Rudy. I don't know how he gets away with it. Um, I don't understand something, too. This is the first time ever our uh, Kate Upton has been the buzz of the site. If you want to know the truth, um, Lindsay Lohan and her droopy breast are beating this last Kate Upton. Now, I didn't have a chance to see it because I was away... What's happening? The, the Kate up the, the Lindsay Lohan. Did you see this? No, I can't. Can <laughs> it I, is terrible. I mean, from I want you to do the Joan Rivers oh. fashion on this. Oh what my is God. Lindsay Lohan thinking? Not she's thinking. Obviously, she's on the phone copying, so she's not thinking about right. her. You know what she's wearing. 
but she's got the, the oh, breasts man. need They're some so, support. What is she? What did she tape them down to her stomach? I don't, I don't know. She's <gasps> wearing a new pair of shoes, and they're her breasts. <laughs> By the way, Fez, you mentioned shoes. Go down a little bit, Hicks. Look at the size of those boats. Wow. She's like a 14 or 15. It's a fucking cruise ship. Damn, they are. <laughs> they're giants. That's just 19. hideous. That's oh, just God. hideous. And she's got the cigarette and everything. And just don't really do coming. that with your breasts. Don't. If you need some support, get some. How well, the mighty hath fallen. Well, Alan's own. Mm-hmm. <sighs> All right, that's a very good point. If you, I know you don't like girls. I do. But I have. I have. I like you girls. You hate them. It's well, obvious. Let's I just. just be I like personalities. I, and Catholic Sam didn't have one. She had one. Very Whoa. protective. <laughs> of what? What was of she herself about? or whatever? Very like, protective of herself. There was a wall up, right? There was. A, yeah. There mm. was kind of a voice in the way. Oh, <laughs> see, she's interesting. But you wait till they leave before you say. But if no, I had to but say, I don't think she was a slut. You were accusing me of saying she was a slut. No, but I she's never not. said that. Okay. I never said that. Never. What Friday, the Friday, Friday told a different story. I think that she is a nice girl. I don't think she's a slut. But you can be comfortable with her. <clears throat> I was comfortable with her. It was you know. You didn't like. You wouldn't be friends with her. Couldn't talk in depth with her. Really. Okay. Whoa. If I told you you're going to be taking a, a long road trip uh-huh. in a bus. Yeah. And they're all either going to be Jersey girls mm-hmm. or a bus full of Long Island girls. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's a difficult choice. Who would you rather be in the bus with? I would say Jersey because at least I can laugh at them, whereas Long Island people are just annoying. But at least Jersey people <clears> give <throat> you some material, something That's to joke about. That's an interesting about. point. Yeah. Uh, Higgs, what about for you? Give me the home team. Give me Long Island. Their home team how? Well, oh, because you're in Queens. Yeah, I'm fucking New York, baby. Come on. You feel closer to them than you do to Jersey yes. people. <laughs> all right, we were split both ways. I'll leave it up to Pips wow. from Brooklyn to wow. be the tiebreaker. BK all day. Fuck Long Island. I didn't see Whoa. that coming. Whoa. What's your big beef with Long Island? I just can't stand it. Everyone from Long Island has an attitude and thinks they're the mm. greatest thing ever. And I don't know why. Well, they're like hillbillies that think they live in New York <laughs> because they have the same TV station. <laughs> oh, I would have liked to pick this up. Pips takes the extreme positions. Whatever you, <laughs> yes. whether you, and you got mad at him the other day for it, and he came right back with it. Now, look, Arcade Upton is up there. I, she's kind of the queen of the site. I want to see her get some love. Though she's not drooping, no. there's no l- reason Lindsay Lohan should be dominating her. Kate Upton Love, I haven't seen this yet. She's not doing the cat daddy, always a mistake. Where's Terry? But she is, yeah, this is <laughs> Terryless. <laughs> this is classier operation. Sub- swimsuit 2012. What's the title of that, by the way? Newly released Kate Upton SI swimsuit video. Jump on it, fellas, and jump on the pretty in pink. Caroline laughs, and she's raining all day. She wants to be one of the girls. Uh, Anna's shocking the world in here. <laughs> just murdered, just shooting Sam back of the head. I never saw that coming. Hell no. I thought they were best friends. Yeah, besties. Do you also um, hate the guy intern, Coke? No, he has a personality. He, You know what I mean? Oh. He brings something to the... Whoa. Oh. Okay. Gotcha. Whoa. You asked. No, I am. I am. Uh, you're right. Thank you. Uh, time to pick to page seven. 
winner today. Oh shit. The page seven winner, and it is Lone Blueberry. Lone, Lone Blueberry. Blueberry. You got yourself a Blueberry. Lone Blueberry. I believe taking the name, I guess it's a Fez nickname in a way. When Fez made the comment that it was not a standalone fruit, this person said I can use this to make a funny name for myself. The Lone Blueberry. Uh, are we up to nine pages, right? Yeah. Yep. Beauty. And there's plenty of uh, references like that to name yourself after when you sign up for the for the pick'em. Thank you, Fez. That is true. There's plenty of references, or you can do what I always do and just use your name. I'm C Stan. By the way, I understand True Romance is trending today. It should always be trending. That's a good movie. Fucking movie's great. Movie. You're so cool to be trending at all times. You're so I love cool. that line. You're so cool. That's it for us. We're back in here early to my big special guest. I'm excited. I'm super excited. Came back from having great height and great talent to become a superstar. <laughs> that's it. See you guys tomorrow. Uh, that's the end of my show. Donk. Today's Ron and Fez show. We hope you enjoyed it. For your convenience, this program will re-air tonight at 1 a.m. Eastern, mm. 11 p.m. Pacific. Predictably enough, the Opie and Anthony show is next on the Opie and Anthony channel. Get it?